everybody, and welcome to episode 555 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Justin Allen Memorial Studio uh-huh. of the Airwaves. If you want to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and join us at the $20 level or any level below that to get access to our bonus podcasts. But who yeah. is joining me? Adam from Purdue can just text me about a Godzilla minus one bonus time. I... Love that movie. Hi, I'm Chris Antisa, filled with the spirit. The spirit. Spirit. The spirit. The spirits. Show me no more. I've already learned half your games of the year. <laughs> and Reacher enthusiast Matthew Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, guys. It's a, da- it's a dad thing. It's so This is good. Matt's gift to everyone this year. Go watch Reacher. Go watch Reacher. It's very good. Uh, so this uh, is episode 555, which means we will, of course, be talking about... What phone features in video games where you hold up the controller to your ear and hear someone talk? Hey, awesome. Actually, that was an idea from Dave Rudden, and I'm wasting it on this stupid joke because we are, of course, talking about our top five games of the year for 2023. And the, the only gift I have to give to anyone, I checked, three of these games are on Game Pass. Hmm. Uh, three of our top ten. Many more of our nominees, but three of our top ten. Wow. All right. That's good. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah. So give the gift uh, to yourself. $16 a month. Oh, my God. I gave the gift of Game Pass a, a year or two ago to a couple of family members, and they did not use it. Yeah. So did I. I did this. I don't even do it anymore. Get it for yourself. Apparently, when certain fuddy-duddy, I don't have any time to play games, like, you just watched all of Reacher. Uh-huh. I am not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's me. That's, I say that to you guys all the time. But like here, you can play Flight Simulator, and then a year later, yeah. it's like ah, I could never figure it out. I should yeah, I think, subscribe. I, to it. I think Microsoft was boasting uh, eight eight games that won game awards are just sixteen bucks over the break. You could try eight of those games, <laughs> one game awards, not yeah. a bad deal. Microsoft is not paying us to plug this, but they really, really should. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> they're kind of like it's kind of like when you like bring booze to a holiday party and then they just take it and like oh thank you and you're like no no man you got you got to open that shit yeah, I brought I want, that so we can drink mm-hmm. that together I want some that's what you got to do with the game pass I'm gonna be like dad I got you game pass and we're gonna boot it up and fly things oh, together oh, I, I'm I a did co-pilot that. I, dad. I did all that oh but uh, yeah I, I got it for I got it for my brother-in-law and my dad was even inquiring about game pass and an Xbox because. Uh, uh, looks like there might be some Alzheimer's in the family and like, uh, wanted to keep his brain active and he he doesn't get the newspaper anymore to do crosswords. And he's, I don't know if 70 is the right age to get into Xbox, (laughs) but you know, one of my, one of my favorite uh, channels that I recently discovered on YouTube is called food for dogs. And it's just this. This very adorable English grandmother who <laughs> plays JRPGs and visual what? novels and uh, comments on them. and I did not expect that from oh, the name. it's so great. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that heiress is such a nice girl. I hope everything works out for her in the end. Yeah, I think, I think Pops canceled his newspaper subscription and just like doubled down on like Washington Post and New York Times. So if you haven't heard, he's like reading a bunch more about games than he ever has, because that's just part of their front page now, as opposed to his local paper, which never covered games. That's for people like Michael to do. <laughs> to, yes. To, the to local suffer paper, through. the Tallahassee Republic caller. I don't know. I'm just throwing. You were close. Random- the Tallahassee Democrat. 
Mm. Okay. All right. Which, yeah. which unbelievably close. <laughs> in name only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tallahassee Democrat, the most conservative paper no, in the no, Southeast. No. As Sammy <laughs> says, you can't get elected dog catcher in Tallahassee if you're a Republican. So Republicans run as Democrats because ah, people don't pay attention. That's how it works. That's how we. That's how Ron DeSantis won again. The Republican ran against him as a Democrat. It's so stupid. Democrats suck so much. This is about video games. <laughs> this is about video games. We've been, but th- this focus on game of the year stuff has kind of. There is a bunch of news happening there. There are continuing to be new releases in mm-hmm. defiance of. Look, we already are doing our game of the year awards. Why are you putting these games out now? Could you be more courteous, please, games <laughs> industry? Yes. I mean, anybody who wants to be a game of the year contender is not releasing right now. But mm. when we do, we're doing thirty twenty ten and. 30 and 20 years ago like that is unheard of to release a game this late in the holiday season like you might as well just wait till next year you'll never be able to ensure your game hits the shelves before christmas it's a good time for hand animated metroidvanias though oh okay you uh, didn't mention that ebenezer and the invisible world i think which is like it's it's a sequel to a christmas carol where you play as ebenezer scrooge and he can now see spirits and see into the spirit world and other spirits are coming to him for help because like this rich industrialist got visited by three spirits, but then he got visited by a fourth evil spirit, and now he wants to take over London and mechanize it or some shit. So you got to jump around on platforms and use spirits as weapons. And then uh, <laughs> Cookie Cutter, where you play as a lesbian robot and just get ripped to shreds constantly, and you're beating up robots to a pulp. It, but it's it could, like super it, gory and really well animated. It could not be worse. I. I, I... It was on 302010's list. I watched a sequel to A Christmas Carol where Jacob Marley comes to a happy Scrooge like, look, my relative in the our present is a real curmudgeon at at a bank and I need you to go to the future and talk to him. And so Scrooge becomes the ghost that visits now. But it had the quality of a pornography production. Like, who fucking made this? An hour and a half in, the solution to the problem, why don't we all pray about this? And oh, they pray in real time with <laughs> with porno lighting. Like, oh, god damn it, that's why this exists. <laughs> Goddamn church made this. It's prayernography. <laughs> prayernography. <laughs> Nobody want Dickens never would have wanted his stories to end that way. Why don't you just wish it away? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dickens wouldn't have wanted a sequel to any of his stories. Like yeah. a tale of two cities isn't a sequel to a tale of one city, folks. Yeah, don't don't three change tale, it all as a human city. being. Just hope. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, three tales, three cities. Where the uh, the last e in cities is a three. If it yeah, was the games yeah, industry, yeah. <laughs> and have it star Garfield. I don't care what the title is. That's a uh, tale of two kitties reference. Yeah, okay, it, it, okay, <laughs> okay. So it just didn't get a laugh on purpose. I see. I see. I just I had I had blocked <laughs> Tale of Two Kitties out from my mind. I don't know why. Completely. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Bill Murray doesn't have a lot else to give us lately. So well, it's going to be an awesome show. We've got a what? bunch of guests lined up, ready to talk about our games of the year for 2023. Again, if you aren't familiar with the format, if you didn't listen last week, we 
We'll devote serious time to each of the games that we talk about today. We will have a rotating panel of guests, familiar voices if you're a long-time listener. Once again, we chose these by voting amongst ourselves, the hosts, and with a few guests and emeritus members. And then we decided the order by arguing amongst ourselves for like two hours and you can hear all that on our patreon patreon.com slash laser time with a bonus show called the ordering which you can get at the five dollar level and as always we are not trying to be definitive or comprehensive here these are just our 10 favorite games that we played this year it's going to be a good time so let's just dive in with number five how intriguing it would seem this twisted world is not yet depleted of surprises. I greet you, then, and welcome you to the realm of the Fae, or what so remains. I am Numue, artisan, seer, goddess of the Fae, and counselor to the one true king, or so I was. Just felt like we should start oh. this off with a quote from the the character who's on the cover of the box art for whatever reason. That, that, that I think that was optional. Like you didn't have to run into her over the course no. of the main game. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. To- totally avoidable. Uh, so, what game is this? First off, uh, it sounds like that Venture Brothers new uh, Arch. Mm. No, it's mm. the Venture Brothers. Augustus <laughs> <laughs> Saint Cloud. Yes, uh, there you go. Yeah. God, I knew you know it. And who is joining us for this segment? It is I, George Albor, back at it again. I host the Experience Points podcast, which you can find wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, and, and George. he's a connoisseur of good games, which is why he's uh-huh. here for Remnant. You know <laughs> well, it. I can't, you know I can't it. argue with that. It's the same with the first Remnant. I know there are probably technically, and I don't mean technically like... I know there are technically better and more better games out there, or more more polished games. But mm-hmm. the game I had the most fun with this year is Remnant. Like mm. it's like the most refined gameplay that I like. And sort of what I love about it is the no frills aspect. Like everything's pretty pretty straightforward. You can make it more complicated if you'd like. But yeah, just raw, raw, uncut. Just shooting. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So Remnant is, it's like a, to explain a little bit, it's like a Dark Souls-y shooter. And you yeah. should say I worked on the original, oh, yeah. so I'm a little biased. That's why it's so good. Oh, Not yeah. gunfire at all. But I, launched, I launched the original. It, it, what mm-hmm. makes it especially interesting is that it like it starts out in like this alternate world where like the, the world ended sometime in the 60s and these creatures called The Root took over. That was the premise of the first game. The second game continues that, and yet you're going through these different dimensions, these parallel Earths, and there are three of them. There's Nerud, which is like this huge empty desert with like crashed spaceships. It's like an H.R. Giger style uh, post-apocalypse. I I always call it Remnant Destiny without the bullshit, and then it just added this Destiny level. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Huge, huge Destiny level. There's Yaisha, which is like... Oh, this used to be a naturalistic world with goat people yeah. called the Pan, but it's being taken over by this root rot parasite. And then there's Losom, which is basically just Bloodborne and <laughs> fucking <laughs> kicks ass. With, with and this is, world. So, it is the best world. It's the world I started with. Because when you play this lucky game, you, you, lucky, I started lucky in Nerud. So, yeah. of course, I fell in love. I was like, fuck, I, I know this place. I'm ready. Like, it, it's, it clicked so well. It's a, it was a little bit all downhill from there, to be perfectly yes. honest. But yeah. Losom yeah. is great. So, yeah. I, I mean, the thing with Remnant is it's Dark Souls with guns is the high concept, right? It's mm-hmm. like, that's the elevator pitch. And 
as broken and janky as the game can be at times, because in many ways, I think Remnant 1, I mean, again, I worked on it, but I'll be honest, kind of in some ways felt more AA than AAA at times. Sure. And, and that's Very sort uncomplicated. Of I, that's sort of what I liked about it. But then what this one did is it kept some of the charming jank to it. And like Chris said, the moment to moment was always super fun. And that and mm-hmm. that's still around. It has way more depth than the first one and way more depth than a game of this caliber has any right to have like to the point where there's stuff like we were talking about that one the voice clip there's stuff in here you can just miss like you have mm-hmm. to re-roll the campaign and, and, yeah. and yep. find it's, stuff it's procedurally like, generated so you every, will get but, a ca- different campaign every time but even then like you can go to dungeons and like there are so many hidden secrets to these dungeons that like you'll you'll clear yep. out a dungeon and then kind of read up on it later and be like, wait, there there was that secret there? I completely yeah. missed that. Like, there's so... Mini bosses, whole other sections you could have missed. And, 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 and typically it's kind of like, hey, where'd you get that gun? You'll ask someone like, mm. oh, I fought this boss here. And you're like, what boss where? Take me there right yes, now. Yes, yes. You, know? you got to <laughs> see this. If you open up five coffins on Narud and then go here and... What? Yes. <laughs> like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It, this game shines beautifully when played in co-op because it is a story generator right like you will describe what you experienced your friend will describe something completely different you know and and i didn't realize this this was the case with remnant until i joined someone else's world and i was like yeah okay we're gonna face this boss and this is how it's gonna go open the door completely different fucking (laughs) boss i don't know what's going on i don't know who this asshole is like trying to talk about because i'm already bad with like proper names and everything but I don't think I saw that dude. And like, here, I'll show you like, what is going on? And then I got addicted (laughs) to playing with friends to the point where I put almost 200 hours into this, uh, mostly with friends and most, and mostly with just jumping in an adventure mode in co-op, which is just amazing. It's just, it's just, it's just the main campaign with no story. But if you, it's always different. It was always different. Well, they they also build stuff specific to co-op. So like there's a pretty obvious puzzle at one point in the main campaign where it's like basically this, it's a tower flute. It's like depending on where you stand, you play different melodies and mm-hmm. it's going to unlock secrets. There yeah. is one solution you can only do in co-op with other people, right? Just like yeah. there's, Chris and I have told the story on Mike before, like there's one area where like one player plays chess against this NPC and depending on where you move your pieces, parts of the floor open up and the other player has to go explore them because you can't do it while you're playing chess. So it's like they they encourage you like no, there's stuff. That. There is stuff here hidden that you cannot see unless you're playing. And you have to be mic'd up for that because that is like a yes. huge level. You can't be. You won't be able to hear or see what's happening. Someone has to tell you, like, ah, oh, something yeah. happened over in the West Wing. Run. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck. All that like <laughs> mystery and weirdness of it all to me felt like a revival of what a looter shooter could be. Like, yeah. there's less loot, which I think is a strong suit. Oh, I but love the it. the class based co-op shooter a la like destiny raids which a lot of this game felt like the Mm -hmm. the best of a good destiny raid felt so strong to me and so much better than a lot of other shooters in this space so i was yeah i was super pleased yeah i was immensely frustrated at first because uh, i again i started out in nerud which is the worst of the three worlds it is the worst that sucks Mm -hmm. oh i I loved it it's just it's a constant firefight but it looks barren as shit yeah that's true Mm -hmm. It, it it is like a huge empty desert with these dungeons that are filled with what seemed like endless alien parasites. And I kept getting overwhelmed because one of the things about Remnant 2 is that if you are expecting a Dark Souls experience where like 
okay, now I know that this enemy is going to be here and I can turn around and hit him. And, and then no, and he, yeah. he won't respond. Yeah. What, what happens actually is that you will like the enemies reshuffle every time you die. And so mm-hmm. you'll enter in an, an area and you will face a different arrangement of enemies each time. And it will always be like several low level mobs. And it feels like after a while, like you're filling up a meter with like everything that you kill adds to that meter until you finally hear. It's that 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 yeah. sound like mm-hmm. you know the audio bending. cues help a lot in this game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that tells you like, oh, I triggered. There's going to be a big special enemy that's going to appear within the next few seconds, so I better get ready. And if you're not expecting that, if you're just starting <laughs> out. You will wonder, like, why do I keep getting smashed? And so, yeah, I was, I was getting frustrated. And I messaged these two guys. I was like, why do you guys like this game? I don't understand. <laughs> and then they both hopped in and helped me in co-op. And they're like, oh, yeah, you rolled the worst world. Oh, this is bad. Uh, we'll help you. And, and <laughs> that improved the experience quite a bit. It kept me from giving up on it. And then I eventually, like, I unlocked Losom next. And like, oh, Losom fucking rules. <laughs> and uh yeah for me it's a bit of a mixed bag these guys really liked it well I think yeah it, it needs yeah. to be played co-op for yeah sure. I, I think yeah sure. that's where the game shines and for sure once you get like, powerful then you can comfortably play solo but you can't it, really start that's, out that way that's one thing i also liked about this version versus the last remnant is they really you can tell gunfire games who's the dev um if that sounds familiar mm-hmm. they work on the Darksiders games. They they worked on Darksiders three and and were at the 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 dev studio that did the original Darksiders games before they split up. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, they've really there's a lot of theory crafting with builds in this, and to the point where I was telling these guys like, hey, this new DLC is nice, but like the main attraction is a new class. I have no interest in this because I I am so locked into my build at this point. Like I mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like a live game where like your build in any given month will be nerfed because there's like this meta that's ever evolving. It's just kind of like, yeah, if you, if you find a solid build, like for example, like my character is built on the premise. Every time I empty my magazine, I pop a shield and self heal a little bit on my character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have the weapon in the game that only has one round in the chamber. So I'm constantly <laughs> doing that every time I reload. Right. <sighs> and yeah. so in many ways you feel like I just fucking broke this game. And then I have all these rings that are meant yep. to like, yep. and when you have a shield, you heal even more. When you have a shield, you do plus 20 damage. And so it's like, Every time I go into yeah. these worlds, I'm like, yeah, I'm finding new stuff to help my build be more broken. And it'll yeah, be I started I started out with yeah. Gunslinger, which, and then I found a Gunslinger, which is like you know gun mode, and you have the great, what is it, a mod perk where hit a button, unlimited, like no reload, just open fire, and uh, doesn't ca- cost any ammo. You don't have to reload. Then I found a weapon with. 200 ammo <laughs> and, and, and so it like constantly charges my other perk that i can unleash like either a, a firestorm or a, i forget what it's called but this thing like as long as my i'm pointing it at something not even shooting it burns through them <laughs> this yeah, little yeah, thing that hovers cool. next to me well and on the on the class thing too one of the things i loved was the ability to combine classes mm-hmm. and make your mm-hmm. own class, which is so, so fundamentally cool. different than a lot of other experiences I've had. I started playing as a medic, unlocked Mm-mm. the challenger, and it feels, I mean, it's, it sounds like a weird comparison, but it feels almost more like WoW or D&D or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, mm-hmm. you start multi-classing, making something that's totally unique. So I went from a medic that was kind of healing my party and staying back, added challenger, 
and became kind of like, I guess, this game's version of a paladin, like a melee mace thing that could oh, heal God. people yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like, it was a really super cool build. And thinking about builds and working on them and talking with other people, like that just excites me. Hearing your build of the reload just sounds so fucking yeah. cool. You know, yeah. like, when, is... when you said it's uncomplicated, Chris, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because in addition to two different classes that you have to juggle, <laughs> I think I found like 5,000 rings each of which yeah. like give different buffs, are, and you can wear yeah, like of five rings. of them at once. Yeah, just but unlike you know, unlike the Souls games, everything tells you what it does, mm, and and, and sometimes yeah. that can be complicated. What's my mod? What's my perk? What's my ability? But it just it's kind of astonishing, yeah. an astonishing feat that it pulls all this off on a controller. Because you also kind of pick a lane, right? Like you choose yeah. your classes, and then each class has one sort of ability, right? Like you're not yeah. managing fifteen different items. No. You're not swapping out weapons all the time. Well, you have your build and you're experimenting with it, but what works, works. I remember really when, when I was working on the original, we introduced this game to the Fextra Life people because we knew, like, that that's the kind of wiki dudes who do all the Souls games. And we're like, you're going to love this shit. And I love this time around, you go to Fextra Life and there's all kinds of, like, yeah. build theory crafts and, like, oh, you got to get this. This is the best item to go with this. And it's like, see, this is this is scratching the itch of Souls players, but it's also not... You know, it's not a melee game, or it can be mm-hmm. if you if you have George's build, right? Like they they definitely <laughs> expanded on it, that this it's time around. Mostly astonishing to me. Like I, I don't want to make it sound overcomplicated, but you know, if I'm going to take the time to play something, I'm I'm a baby. I'm going to stick to that build if I get good to it. But the idea of you being able to play two classes at any time means like you can preserve half of what you know and learn and unlock this new thing. Don't mm-hmm. like it? Swap it out. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so cool. That I think that way encourages way more experimentation. That you can hold on to stuff that you like, and I, I'm sure in the, at some point you'll be able to mix and match all that shit anyway. I, I think I yeah. discovered the perfect solo pairing also because like mm-hmm. I, I like playing as a sniper, so I'm I'm a hunter. I have like yeah. a, a really powerful sniper rifle. Is that the was, one with the dog? No, that's the handler, no. which is okay. my other class. <laughs> so I'm a hunter and a handler, and I have the cube gun, which is basically a submachine yeah, gun that, that does Unlimited. not run out of ammo. Yeah, yeah. it just yeah, overheats. Yeah. So what what I do is, so the dog, I was a little nervous at first, like I don't want to like put a dog in danger and watch it die. <laughs> the dog is a tank. The dog is very hard to injure, and even if it does take damage, it heals very quickly. So the dog will just run out and aggro all the enemies. They will swarm the dog, and I just stand back and drop wow. them one at a time. See, you're, you're playing co-op solo. I love exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. The dog is dope, dude. Yeah. When the dog gets your friends up, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. great. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, and I think, again, part of that is the, the multiple classes thing. You can... It's just so easy to hot swap those out and just play with play around in ways that I'm not having to go to Fextra Life and look up all this stuff. I can experience it pretty easily once. And yes, getting those classes can be very soulsy. Yeah, there are like mystery classes that, in, including yeah, one I think that you, classes. Yeah, you yeah. needed to hack the. They knew people were going to hack the code. And like, all right, then here's a class for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they buried some, like a class in the source code for people to figure. Oh, out. Oh right, it's yeah. Insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know exactly how that works. And uh, my buddy who I got, if you like Destiny, grab this game. Let's play some co-op. He did, and it was just sort of beautiful to see him offline. Like, yeah, I've almost I've almost maxed every archetype. I'm like, well, that's nuts. I played almost as much as him and didn't bother to do the same thing and feel pretty stupid for not having done it. Yeah. I also kind of really appreciate a game that isn't trying to be, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe they are, but it doesn't feel like they were trying to be a live service. You got to be no. playing this all the fucking time. Not at all. DLC no. constantly. It's like, 
Enjoy the co-op experience together with your friends while you can. Get maybe, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 hours of awesome gameplay. And then peace out. See you yeah. for Remnant 3. You know, mm-hmm, and I, yeah. I like that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I think, you know, going back to the the Dark Souls analogy, that's one way that this feels like Dark Souls is that, like, there isn't, like, randomized loot. Like, there will be loot that will drop in a certain configuration of a level, but, like, it's always going to be more or less the same. You're not going to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I found a plus four ring instead of a plus three ring this time. It's always like, oh, no, I found this specific gun in this specific place. Uh, Another thing I really like about this is that it's... Very inventive. I think it would have been very easy for this to just eventually become a cookie cutter corridor shooter where it's like, okay, now I'm going to fight five of these guys and one of these guys and I'm going to move into the next room and do the same thing again. And they really, I thought, tried to craft some interesting encounters every once in a while that just throw you for a loop like uh, this guy, for example. You there! The feast is ready. Come eat! We have taken great pains for this meal, toiled day and night. You will partake before you depart. We feast the coronation of the new king. None shall refuse this banquet. None. So this this one, if you enter the, the feast hall, I guess mild spoilers, but you will find a creature that looks like that guy from Pan's Labyrinth with, like, the hands on his eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Pale Man or whatever he's called. The Fawn. But, but Fauna. Not Pan. Not the Fawn. Uh, oh, like, the, eye, the eyeball guy. Yeah, the eyeball yes. guy. But, like, a fat version of him. And he just sits there and he's sitting in front of this giant spread of clearly rotten food and demands that you eat it. And uh, you you should. And weird things <laughs> will happen. <laughs> and yeah. you will get cool rewards. Perfect Remnant to example. Never happened to me during my playthrough. Mm. This is all yeah. new information. I, I saw it on my first playthrough and never saw it again. I um, saw it on a YouTube video, but I never, I never experienced it in game. Yeah, it's it, it's it, real it's gross. First wonderful. time, it's like that that opening of uh, Resident Evil Seven with like that, those are clearly human remains all over the table. Uh, gross. Yeah, and and we should say that it has fantastic enemy types. A lot, oh yeah, pretty much every kind of enemy you could ever want in a shooter, depending mm. on what biome you're in, that all do interesting things, and the bosses are amazing so much fun that little just that little rolling brain turd that you <laughs> have to explode panels off of as he rolls at you at high speed oh, kills oh, you in yeah, two three that. hits <laughs> I uh, oh I, i'm so good at him i now. like that one there's the the cube one that's oh, just yeah. like indiana jones Labyrinth guardian that one's amazing oh that's, god that oh it's sucks. so frustrating at first but <laughs> yeah. then like when you get good at it which like i was deliberately jumping in and helping people with it yeah. Well, and and you know you're fucked too when you're like, oh, okay, I, I know what's happening. I, I'm not gonna escape the yep. cube. Here we go. Squish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one hit kills. Yeah. yeah. Making one hit kills joyous. Yeah. Yeah, but the bosses are also very souls like in that there's phases. There's some bosses that are gigantic that take mm-hmm. up the whole screen. So they, mm-hmm. it, it's like they clearly they know what they're pulling inspiration from, but they are still carving out and doing their own thing because like yeah the, that's the one thing souls is like if nothing if not a finely crafted experience with no randomization and to their credit they made a souls game with randomization work which it really should not Agreed. like souls Agreed. is yeah. about learning patterns memorizing where enemies are getting you know good at, at kind of going through these levels it's almost very old school in that regard like if you think of like old school side scrolling uh games from nes era you would just memorize where the enemies were and kind of how to beat it that's souls this is not that this is like yeah the enemies, they re-roll. Yeah. You don't know where the fuck they are. <laughs> Conversely, cool. it gives you the satisfaction of, like, learning how to deal with every enemy type. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're with yeah. someone with co-op, like, 
you shouldn't really be killed, no matter what randomly spawns in front of you. It, mm. It's cool to see a game that's a mashup of all of these genres, but feels more than the sum of its parts, right? Yeah. Like, I think this game feels really special and really unique, despite being able to peg it, right? Like, oh, it's a bit of Destiny, it's a bit of Dark Souls, but... You know, I, I want to try to convince people that this is yeah. something a little bit more than just like a, a mashup of genres. You know, like they they did a really good job and they they leaned into it from the first. It's great. I'm shocked more people aren't ripping it off. It 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 like because it it's hard to it, do. I think. Well, I, I think, it, but it also like lacks a lot of the modes and stuff that make a shooter very expensive and hard to develop for. Yeah, and yeah. and like the live aspects because. The live aspect is, like, every time I log in on an Xbox, it's like, you gotta have Xbox Gold Live to play, and, like, I do. When are you gonna authentic- authenticate this, please? It does the Xbox same thing Gold? to me, and then that yeah. goes away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it still has a little bit of jank in there, but, like, uh, yeah, just not being bloated with stuff you don't really need or modes you don't want. Um, I, I think it's it's hard to argue if it, if you have Game Pass. Just give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. If you see me it's online, on Game Pass now. Go for yeah, it. shoot me a shoot me a message. Maybe I'll join you. I think this is a great one too. If you've got a couple of friends that are on the fence, like pl- plan a date night. You know what I mean? Like yeah. get your buds and be like, "Hey, Friday night, let's play some Remnant." And I guarantee you, if you commit like two to three hours, find whoever's going through Losom first in their first yes, world yes. and just join their co op game. You're gonna have a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. That's the place to go, and and yes, that's that's probably why they set uh, the Awakened King and Losam because they know yeah, it's the DLC. best world. That's yeah. the best one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we should move along to number four. Those are the talking flowers in which game? Super Mario Neater, Wonder, Wonder, Wonder. No one's mm-hmm, going to get my mm-hmm. that thing you do reference. After oh, I understood. I get it. <laughs> oh. So who's who's joining us for this segment? Yeah, it's Brendan from uh, Freelance World, mostly GameSpot, and The Crawl. YouTube.com slash The Crawl. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And other special guest, Steve. Hi, yes. I'm Elephantitis Sufferer Steve Guntland. Good to be here. Whoa. <laughs> can, I do, can I do Steve's plugs? Yes. I, I guess. Cinemarcade. Yes. Mm-hmm. The idea I wish I hadn't executed first, <laughs> where you talk about a great movie and usually the bad game and inspired, but very, like 20% of the time it's vice versa. Every once in a while, yeah. And yeah. And, and then uh, Puppet Master's Castle Freaks. The That's right. The wonderful salute to Charles Band uh, you do with Jared. Uh, amazing. Amazing Absolutely. stuff. Yes, those are the two. I'm a fan of Steve. Nice. Oh, I'm a fan of you guys. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. And and we Enough are all dick riding. Let's Yeah, we we are all fans of each other and we are all elephantiasis sufferers because we're all very impressed. Wowie zowie. Wowie zowie. That is the catchphrase. This is the game that plays the way those Cheech and Chong edibles ads on Twitter would have you believe they feel. That's my favorite part about this game. Because most Mario games, 3D, 2D, they come sporting a gimmick. And the gimmick doesn't usually survive another game. Like right. Gal- Galaxy is like a weird exception. This, I, I don't know if we'll see Cappy again. There's no way we don't see Wonder again. Because the Wonder Seed effect is what makes this so charming and e- approaching every level completely different. 
So this is like, you know how everybody made those jokes and they thought they were so clever? Like, oh, Ma- Mario, he eats mushrooms. It must Dude. be like he eats drugs, right? Yeah. The makers of Super Mario Wonder just looked at that comment and said, yeah, no, fuck, we're taking Molly now. Like, yeah. uh, this we'll is, show you we're, drugs. We're, we're leaning all the way into it. If you don't throw up, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> you want a game with drugs? We'll give you a game with drugs. Uh, <laughs> and we'll give you a game with fucking dancing-ass piranha plants. Yes. <laughs> Very good. It, it. Don't reach its natural conclusion, Chris. <laughs> my my yes, favorite you don't thing want about to interrupt the late motif. Until yeah. My favorite thing about yeah. that that number, it's this. It, it basically turns a level into a musical, but also. It's not a song that plays in the background. It's things that come out of things in the environment, yeah. and if you kill them, if you kill them, it they will drop. The, the yeah. voices will drop out. Yeah. Can I tell you my least favorite thing about that is Please. for years, piranha plants. I've had a fear. I was I was as a child traumatized by a movie called Little Shop of Horrors. Uh-huh. 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 And the fact that um, you know when Aubrey speaks and stuff like that, feed me Seymour. Like I was scared of that, and for years in Mario, I'm like, at least the piranha plants don't talk or <laughs> sing <laughs> until they did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was fuck. Was I killed it. every single one of those motherfuckers the second they popped out of the pipes. <laughs> Weirdly, this so is adorable. like this is the second game I played this year where it, I call it baby drivering, where they like mm-hmm. set every action to motion, you know, this mm-hmm. and hi-fi rush. They have all those little segments where you need to be exactly on beat. It's yeah. kind of a cool little trick, you know, it is. Oh yeah. Well, it, well, the speaking of tricks, isn't this the one, Chris, I think you informed us of the, the controller actually plays. That a was part amazing. In, yeah. It, it's part of this. It's related to this sequence, but when you're walking across those musical note, rainbow, walkways or whatever it's like in the game it plays this amazing sound and then like the controller is actually vibrating at a certain frequency to make that sound as well yeah there is no speaker in your controller it is vibrating to emit noises like a xylophone in 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 concurrent with what you're doing that's amazing and just totally on perfect nintendo nobody cares about this (laughs) why don't why don't you innovate in this field (laughs) <laughs> I think that's one of the most charming parts about this game to me is almost every level introduces a different gimmick or a different yeah. little trick. And it's just like the amount of stuff they're able to pull off that you you have not seen before. Like, you know, a lot of games will wow you five or six times and then just kind of repeat those yep. moments over and over again. And versus like Mario Wonder, the levels themselves are probably much shorter even than previous Mario 2D games. But it's mm. like the amount of stuff they pack in, both through the Wonder Flowers, but just even some levels have just their own gimmicks even without those things. And it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, yep, this is how you're playing through this level now. And it's there's so much new stuff that like, even after I finished the game, I was going back and like noticing, oh, like, oh, I missed some levels or like I have to find the secret exit so I can unlock this level or whatever. So I was finding new stuff that I'd never seen before. And that if you just critical path this game, you may just miss. It's just like, hey, they, they, they do a thing in Mario games never done before. And it's completely missable in that game unless you find and play through every level it's insane yeah, it's, it's it's almost wasteful because there's like some of these individual levels could be an entire world theme or yeah. an entire game gimmick you know and they just do it for one level or even just one section of a level that if you didn't find it 
Yeah, there was a badge I'd missed that did it let me do the Wily e. Coyote of like we'll let you run like ten steps uh, past a ledge and then jump after That's, that and like that is totally yeah. optional. Is the most pointless. It's my only <laughs> it's real so critique silly. about the game. Like who would equip that and use that at all? Yeah. But the levels based around it, the challenge yes. levels, the yes. challenge levels are my favorite part. Maybe even more than the acid shit. Like uh, but but like play Mario in a different way. The badges. I don't think really work is like, are you having trouble in this level? Equip this badge. I had the floaty jump badge. I hit every flagpole, was able to get every coin, and almost one shot every single time. Uh, yeah. Didn't need anything else. And there was and equipping everything, anything else other than like the swimming badge. I equipped like three badges on the reg. And there's 20? Yeah, and, yeah something and, like that. And so they're useless except for those challenge levels where they like give you a handicap or say play Mario in a different way. Which is amazing. I would like DLC. Just give me VR missions. <laughs> just yeah. simple. Like it can be. It can be a green outline. Just let me do that again in Mario Wonder. I mean, I was tempted to call this like Mario filtered through like a WarioWare lens, but I think mm-hmm. it might be closer oh, yeah. to what the golf in the because it, mm-hmm. it does play in these little <laughs> micro bursts, but it also sure. like never lets you know its next move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Is, what I think it draws a lot of inspiration from is. So, so I think, well, no, <laughs> I think for, for, I think for a while there, Nintendo was seeing the levels that people were making in Mario Maker games yeah. Yeah. and exactly how masochistic people could get with those and insert Michael Jordan gif, meme gif, um, and they took that personal. And yeah. I think Nintendo went and created those challenge <laughs> levels like, oh, you guys think you can make difficult 2D levels? Check this shit out. And we're going to add new gimmicks to to play around with. And can you imagine what if the next Mario Maker incorporates systems from Wonder? I like mean, the possibilities would be endless at that point. Right? Oh, yeah. That would be out of control. Hmm. I mean, I, I really, truly, this is the most fun I've had with a Mario game probably since Super Mario World. Yeah, like I was mm-hmm. never a fan of the new Super Mario Brothers series. Like, they always felt a little too safe, a little too conventional, just a little sluggish. You know, mm-hmm. they just never quite clicked for me. And it felt like that was all we were gonna get with 2D mm-hmm. Mario anymore because that series sold so well and dominated for so long. So I'm just so excited to see them throw all caution to the wind and just do something weird and fun and joyous like this, and really kind of breathe some life into the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this might be my favorite Mario game. Now, just to remind anyone who doesn't remember, I was also on a couple of years ago to talk about uh, Mario 3D World plus uh, Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, on that segment, echoed an opinion that my good friend T.L. Foster also shares about oh. Mario 64. Oh, Slander. No. Oh, boy. Slander. I'm not, so I'm not, I'm not actually, and I'm also not a, just a big platformer guy in general. Yeah. And I adored this game. I thought it was so much fun. And I had, I have like no complaints about it, which is rare for me about games period. Like it just, it's just fun. Like it's pure yeah. fun. It's very smart, very uh, well designed. And the thing that really, like if I was going to point to one thing and be like, wow, how did they make that work? This has like Dark Souls style multiplayer in it, like where you see other people's ghosts and stuff. And you kind of like if you see them floating around because they died in the lava or whatever, you can touch them and help them out. It's it's such a cool idea. If you don't turn that on, you're insane. And there's a final final level, which is the title. Mm -hmm. It's after the final level. Mm -hmm. You need other people around to help you because it's very, very hard. Yeah, that's the thing is like I think some people will say that 
just running through the game, it's a little bit easier than maybe yep. some of your average games. Mm-hmm. But those that that end game stuff does ramp up the, the yeah. yeah that's until you yeah. get to the bonus level, and then it's like, oh, okay, this is where they hit I, all the difficult stuff. I think stuff. one sixth of my time was spent in the last level, and yeah. oh, wow. I platinum yeah. the shit out of this in like thirty hours. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. The, the other thing about the multiplayer is it's both asynchronous and synchronous in that like you can plant those signs which are kind mm-hmm. of you can give people hints like hey if I just see a random sign hovering in midair chances are there's a hidden platform there and that just kind of lasts and then there's the real time stuff of like hey you can see other players ghosts going through this level and as long as you touch them you respawn yourself like I think that stuff is synchronous I don't I don't think it's or maybe it's taking recordings I, I don't through that know level. because it's synchronous I think because because people will come and go like yeah people beat yeah. the level and you just I, I did this a couple times where I was just like idling in the game and new people showed up in the game in the, okay. in the level yeah I, I in, in the final final level the biggest thing is there's no checkpoints and you have to go through like four different things that's your mm-hmm. checkpoint like 12 16 different missions four levels at a time and when if they all pass I didn't get anybody else to come through it's more advantageous for me to restart and wait for more people because this is so fucking difficult yeah yeah it actually like really worked out for me and I I to its credit it's one of the it's one of the uh only games I platinum like fuck I cannot believe there's not more of this I want more of this I was not ready to let it go yeah and also one that like please let me pay for harder more hard stuff in this yeah. game Please. Well, you got to love the organic way it, it manages difficulty. Like, you could mm-hmm. choose to play as one of these Yoshis if you want. Mm-hmm. If, like, you're a small child or something and you mm-hmm. just kind of want to play the game. It'll remove some of the complexity of the different suits and hats and just kind of let you enjoy playing that way. You know, or if you just want to be an adult who wants to explore things and not really worry about dying or anything like that. Like, you, there, that's a really elegant way to kind of manage difficulty while giving you some options. Yeah, and the different uh, badges, you can use those for, like, challenge runs to mm-hmm. make another comparison to Dark Souls. Like, the innovations in this game are surprising for a Mario game. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. And, and you knew they had to up the ante, because, like, I, I, it's what I love saying about Mario Maker. They gave you the keys and the code to make all your hacked Mario fantasies come true. They can't make and sell another version of that now. No. They they have to do something else. And this, this was a something else, and I can't... I, I feel like an idiot for not expecting it, but who would have thought hallucinogens would have yeah. been key to making a great 2D Mario game? That's the thing that the wonder affects in each level. Like, to me, I, I mean, I know this is their job, but to me, it's just like, that seems so exhausting that they came up mm-hmm. with a bespoke, weird effect for every single level in the game. Yeah. There, there's some that repeat, but there's always a variant in mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's my biggest complaint about the game is like, it's... I, I credit them like, wow, you really put something different in every level. But typically with Mario games, they, they teach you some systems where certain levels are almost tutorials then for like, okay, now we're going to throw this at you later. And there wasn't as much of that in this yeah. game as in some previous mm-hmm. Mario games of like, okay, cool. So I did that one really cool bespoke level. Uh, typically in a Mario game, there'd be two or three more of those. And it's like, nope, yeah. you never play anything like that uh, again. I, I think, yeah, like yeah. the stretchy level, I think, where you, you elongate and the whole level elongates. I think oh, yeah. that, that repeats maybe once or twice. But and then there's yeah. stuff like the camera switches to an overhead perspective. And like, you're still looking at the same 2D side-scrolling map, but now you're walking around it like it's a Zelda level or mm-hmm. something. Just lots of cool stuff like that. And But to me, like, going back to my original point, like, that just seems exhausting to have done that for a whole game. And it's like, all right, now what are we doing? for the sequel 
it sounds like uh, when they revealed it, I know a lot of people are like, is this like a B team Mario that they just kind of threw together? And it turns out they like spent just a year just going, let's come up with some ideas. Let's just mm-hmm, mess yeah. around. And then well, they yeah. started polishing those levels and, and really like nailing down the gameplay that only Nintendo can do yep. something to, like to that. To their credit, yeah. you know, Chris, you were saying like, I think they had to do that because you got to progress it. To their credit, not to just disagree with you, they they kind of didn't have to because it with Nintendo like I would have played as much as we I would have played New Super Mario Brothers probably right now. If you well, well here's the thing though, as much as like even if had we not bought it, those games always were still selling yeah. really well, and so like yeah. they didn't like, necessarily to the last have to days go. of the platform. <laughs> well, yeah, well, even the, mm. the 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 one on Switch that's just like a remaster yeah. of the previous games or whatever, it's Horrible. still one of the top sellers really on well. Switch, and so it's like yeah. they didn't oh, necessarily okay. have to reinvent it, but. Th- to their credit, they do think longer term. Nintendo's really good mm-hmm. at, at this of like, well, yes, but we can't do that for 20, another 20, 30 years. We, we got to have something else, to, you know, to future proof ourselves. And, and, and yeah, to, like this is this is certainly that. It's like, okay, I, cool. I never thought there would be this much life in the 2D Mario franchise. Yeah. And now it's just like, I can't wait to see what's next. This is so exciting. Yeah. yeah. I well, and I they have other, other, other series that have sort of taken the place of just like, Kirby gets straightforward platformer. Like the, yeah, the Kirby Kirby game is different. Yeah. They, they shake it up like almost like to where I'm never comforted. I'm really curious where where the princess game next year is going to go. Is yeah. that going to be more straightforward or more experimental? Even the Yoshi's Crafted games, like those, are more straightforward platformers. So they have a, a few now where they're like, hey, we can give people that experience and maybe experiment with with Mario as our flagship. You know, which it's, I think it's is weird. Really the last couple cycles, Nintendo's the only. Uh, developer that kind of gets worse as they go so so it's been like five years um it's nice to see there's still life left in that company man like because uh because we were pointing out that nintendo direct like uh what was it like six of those games were remakes yeah and yeah like there's not much technologically they can do other than innovate gameplay wise, and we always forget about that because you know a lot of us are out there chasing, chasing Ray tracing. Yeah, as I say, <laughs> chasing tracing, chasing tracing. Not necessary. Yeah. Can't wait to see what they do next, and I hope yeah. they bring out deal. I don't know how they would, because Nintendo has always made a game for everybody, and then a deeper layer for people who want to keep going. They can't just make a harder DLC pack, and that would disappoint me. I don't know. I can't Maybe. wait to see what they do. You could totally do a Lost Levels oh, yeah. on this uh, Yeah, game, I would love that. Know? I'm already envisioning that. Mario Wonder Deluxe coming out for whatever the Switch successor system is no. in a year or uh, two. Great point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very, very Want reasonable assumption. Eater. Yeah. And, and let get this. Oh, I'm going to say this, and I hate myself for saying it. Didn't miss Charles Martinet at all? Martinet at all? Yeah, the, but, the, the new voices are a little weird, but uh, just, just because we're so used to his performance... It's mm. it's not that I'm so used to his performance. It's just like, did something Jonathan Majors happen to Charles Martin? He's doing a signing this weekend. Like, he's not retired. Why did you kick him off this project? To, to be fair to the new actor, I've been... I found new Kermit voices more off-putting than the new Mario this time around, yes. right? Like, it's it's yeah. like, it, well, it was it's, fine. It's just like, well, that's different, but okay, just file that have you, away. Have you heard fine. my new Kermit, The my impression of the new Kermit? Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm the new Kermit. <laughs> it, it's, uh, Nailed it's it. Not really trying. <laughs> yeah, you can you can kind of hear it in this. Thank you. Like it's sort of Martinet, but not really. 
Yeah, just, is yeah. doing an impression uh, okay uh, though? Mm-hmm. No, like, it's fine. Giving, yeah, giving them the space to kind of do a sli- something slightly different is, I think that's all right. I, 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 I just, imagine they had some kind of dictate to maybe tone down the uh, comically large Italian accent. No, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe some sensitivity groups. They were, uh, who know that which Italian groups are out there complaining about that? Like not nobody the was. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, that's on. what they wanted the whole time. Like, what do you want of this voice? And on paper, it said uh, Father Guido Sarducci babies. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> what we want. <laughs> All right. Well, we should wrap this up and move along to number three. Did we do it? Nope. <laughs> Break out the new toys. The suit's last software patch wasn't stable, but here goes nothing. The web wings? They're flying! Uh, what game is this? Spider-Man. Robocop Rogue City. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really should have made room for Robocop Rogue City (laughs) somewhere on this list. No, bringing us in at, what is this, number three? Uh, Spider-Man 2. Yes, correct. Yeah, that is Pete and Miles yelling at each other, but who is joining us for this segment? Hey, this is Steve Guntley again. Hello. Cinemasker and Puppet Master's Castle Freaks. Damn, I almost got it all the way through. Got it. Except it's Cinemarcade, not Cinemarcade. That guy will come after me. I don't don't want to be confused with that guy. (laughs) And and joining us for the first time in our Game of the Year rundown, it's... Uh, Your friendly neighborhood podcast guest is Anthony Abbott. Thank you for joining us. And where can people find you, Anthony? Please say it. Uh, you can find me on Twitch <laughs> and on Twitter at Bruce Wayne Brady. Yes. Just want to point out we have Batman talking about a Spider-Man game. Yep. That's how good it is. Right. Yeah. I, I actually stream this game quite a bit this year. So Batman I mean, loves Spider-Man. This game is so it's it's good, but it, like it always it makes me feel like I voted for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't this be good? The, mm-hmm. the last game was excellent, and it's a first party. We don't have a ton of first party games on this list. Well, if you if you folks are patrons and want to listen to our ordering show, you you will hear that I I didn't have to fight, but I sort of had to lobby for this thing to be toward the top of the list and I think because of that cuz like, yes, of course Spider-Man 2 is fucking good. Like there's this is the it's, least surprising thing all year, you know. Did I did I say I I probably said that already in one of the shows. I was Walking around, I had a Miles Morales shirt on. I'm walking the grocery store, and I just get pulled aside by these like black teenagers. He's like, "Hey, man, tell him to get Spider Man too." And like, he's like, "Is it good?" And like, "Yes." Do you like Spider Man? Yeah. Do you like Miles Morales? Yeah. Then what are you doing? Like, what the- and I just I got like a fucking cheer. Like I just I like I just did something <laughs> grand. Uh, it was it was awesome, <laughs> but. It's what happens when you walk around as a 45-year-old with a Miles Morales t-shirt. And I guess <laughs> I overdid my age. Uh, but, but yeah, like, how am I... It's just like, how am I not supposed to like this? It was one of my favorite games on the PS4. I, I, I couldn't be more in love with Spider-Man in comics and movies right now. It's a really good time for the character. But I do have to say this. This is the best first-party exclusive that there is, period. It's the best-looking game. It's the best-performing game. It's has no fat on it it's it's kind of short i'm saying that not as to discredit it in any way 
Uh, it's awesome. So you're saying I, it's better I, than our number two, which we haven't revealed yet. No, no, but but it's like it, it also is coming from like a very PS3 area of gaming, whereas the other games on the list, I think, really bump well, I mean, things I, up. I really love that, you know, as somebody who spent the first literally six months of this year catching up on Elden Ring, like I, I actually appreciate mm-hmm. that I could just have a game that's like kind of short cinematic. I mean, and by short, we mean 30 hours. Like it's still and, a but, yeah. but straightforward. Yeah. You know? yeah. like if you do like, everything in the open world, it's yeah, not I, I 100% trophied this the first walk, the first way through, kind of like pretty organically. Like yeah. you're not yeah. really going to need to go too far out of there your way. There was one trophy this. I went out of my way to get. Everything else you'll get through the course of natural To, play. to Insomniac's credit, they've, They've done that well for all the Spider-Man yep. games so far. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, and, if you just play yeah. these and do kind of everything, all the side stuff you're going to get. Actually, I should t- quickly tell my Platinum story for this game. And a spoiler if you don't want to hear what one of the trophies is. But literally the last trophy I had to get um, was the one where you round the bases in the baseball stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so my, my Platinum video is me, like, taking my victory lap around oh, the bases to get the Platinum. Wow. Nice. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. No, but I mean, yeah, so you are a trophy right, hunter like, like Craven. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve, I totally stepped on whatever you were saying. That, that was 100% worth it. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> no, I mean, this This is the, I mean, Insomniac has a way of making me really feel good about purchasing a PS5. Uh, between mm-hmm. this and Ratchet and Clank, it's just like, holy shit, these feel like next-gen games. These feel like experiences yep. I can't get on a PS4. There's no way this will ever go back to a PS4. I mean... My God, the the just look at some of the cinematic like fight scenes in this. Like you're chasing Black Cat through the city, and she's launching time portals. Mm-hmm. You're jumping into wildly different ecosystems, like in game. And then you know it's the first game with fast travel that's actually fast. Like it gets yeah. you exactly yeah. where you need to go. They so said they quickly. had to slow it down. To... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it, so yeah. You can, well, you can almost see if you play, uh, you know, Spider Man 2018. You play Miles Morales, and you play Spider Man 2. You can see how Insomniac progresses not only with the tech of the PlayStation hardware mm-hmm. in each generation, but how they use things to their advantage. Like, you know, in the first uh, 2018 game, people complained about Mary Jane missions. So it's like Insomniac kind of hears what people are talking about and mm-hmm. finds ways to reshape them. So like the Mary Jane missions in this game, there's a little bit of stealth, but they're more fun. I thought they were more fun. And yeah, she can kind of fight a little bit this time. It's kind of like mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we heard you didn't like these so much. How can we kind of reform them? Even like the mini games, like... Every game they've progressed in a way where they're like, like you mentioned, uh, well, Steve mentioned with like Ratchet and Clank, like the portals from Rift Apart. Yeah. You can see them using like those ideas in here, and they've kind of pulled all their things from their other games, like, you know, the Sunset Overdrive movement is kind of a part of like the way you move in these games. And mm-hmm. it's like they take everything they've built on throughout the years to make their next game like improved mm-hmm. in every way possible. Yeah. And at the same time, like, do you miss the Rocksteady Arkham games? This feels like they, they, they took a lot of that gameplay and just refined it hugely. Like the, yeah. the, the stuff that I loved about Arkham, like the almost frictionless fighting system where it's just like, you know, watch for the tells, counter, attack, whatever. And then the the stealth guard hunting where like you know, Spider-Man is not generally that stealthy a character, but like sneaking around like up on the rooftops or whatever and just like waiting for a, a moment to like, just grab a thug and bundle them up in a web and, and hang them there. And like, that, that's, that's so cool. Spider-Man. Yeah. And all of yeah. these mechanics, just I, again, it's kind of miraculous what they pulled off with the 2018 and with this one, just that all of these mechanics should feel so cumbersome and they're really not like mm. you have, 
It's the opposite. Uh, probably like 20 different moves that you're trying to execute at any given time as Spider-Man, plus all the little like fighting details that you may not notice, mm-hmm. like jumping off a wall and stuff like that. But it feels so smooth and like just kind of lock yourself into it and you have no problem keeping up. Yeah, it's the fastest traversal of any game I've ever played. Yeah. yeah, and and the, the stupid shit you can do in the air is just ridiculous and perfectly Spider-Man. And I love being able to unlock like uh, the across the Spider-Verse suits because it mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're playing the most accurate movie game ever made. And it's not in any way that it's a completely different voice and that's, a completely different story. That's the best thing about modern Spider-Man is how much it's embracing how goofy Spider-Man can mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. really just leaning into it. They're like, yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. That's while while tripling down on like the seriousness and like, I, I love that it doesn't even more so than Arkham, like doesn't, it didn't adhere to any existing storyline. No. Yeah. And, and it like, we trust people to know the basis of these characters and why they're here and what their motivations are. And we'll tell you the specifics as we go. It, it's like, a, it's a neat trust for a pop cultural icon that yeah. the movies, especially the Sony ones have not the ones without the Feige touch have not been great about. Mm. And, and, and the game is really good at that. It also paid off a thing they've been building since the first one back in 2018 that like most franchises probably would have felt the need to swerve us. Like, ah, this thing we've been teasing the whole time. We're not just going to do what you think we're going to do. And this game was like, nah, we're going to do that. We're still going to do it. Well, it's going to be, you know, fun as shit. You're going to love it. Don't worry. Um, like knowing what the swerve is, isn't really a swerve at all. It's like, yeah, you kind of could have told that from the trailers, right? But it's fine. Like, and I'm talking about Venom, if, mm-hmm. if you're wondering, like I won't spoil, we have a whole spoiler cast if you want me to spoil this thing. So yeah, uh, yeah patreon.com slash laser time. But like, yeah, they, they'd been setting up the Venom stuff uh, and the Harry stuff for since, since the first game. And yeah. it's totally there for you to see, and you can totally see it coming. And yet, it's still. I guess the thing with Insomniac, it's all about execution, right? Mm-hmm. And so they don't need to surprise you with the bullshit because it's like, no, we're just gonna do it, but do it better than anyone yeah, it's has ever be has. So cool when it happens, whether you know it's coming or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you didn't hear our spoiler cast with Chris Baker, I think he can attest it's really re- rewarding to to witness as someone who knows Spider-Man in and out or someone mm-hmm. who's only seen the last three movies. Like it, it's, it's amazing. It, it's literally amazing. I'm surprised it's not in the title. They've also done a great job with making like, you know, like you guys were mentioning earlier, a story that doesn't just follow previous other stories, beat for beat, mm-hmm. making their own version of this, you know, universe with these characters we know so well. Yep. Putting like, you know, different spins on them that make sense that could have easily worked like in a comic or in a movie. And like, if you kind of didn't even like know about Venom, I mean, Tony Todd kind of, you know, mistakenly mentioned that he was part of this, you know, before Uh the game launch. And I even forgot playing the game that Tony Todd was even in it. And so when I heard his voice, I was like, man, talk about great casting. I not want him to be the voice of his character as much as possible. Like, it was such a cool moment. I forgot he was even the voice until I heard it. Uh, it was just like one of many moments that was like so nice because uh, I was so wrapped up in the story, you know. And yep. I love that they managed to balance like all of the there, there's a lot of story going on here because you're splitting it across two characters mm-hmm. that feel very different from each other. Like, you know, obviously they're going to control the same way, but 
their stories, their wants, their needs, their side quests, they feel very different. They have an entirely different flavor. I think that's a yeah. really smart yeah. bit of balancing. It's a what it's another way they've built on the games, right? The first game you played as Peter the whole time. The second game was Miles Morales, and then this one's like, okay, so now we're gonna combine peanut butter and jelly and we're gonna still make it fun. I, I did want to ask you guys though, quick quick round table, like did you have a favorite? Like, who did you find you chose more often? Probably because the combat, for me, all I will say right now, it was Miles, because I, mm-hmm. I just personally enjoy his combat powers and, and a lot traversal. more. Like, he, he has yeah. that, like, mid-air jump that, like, mm-hmm. regular Spidey doesn't have, the Venom jump or whatever. I think yeah, they I mean, both I did grab, that, don't they? Like, well, I did mm-hmm. gravitate toward Miles more, because he did feel, like, a little bit more fun combat-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even noticed, uh, like, right before I beat the game, even, like, the detail, like, their animations, even their movement when they're swinging, they both have their own it's unique way of different, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love I love equipping the cross spider suit because Miles is still kind of sloppy and he'll like spin in a circle mm-hmm. <laughs> when he yeah. swings. And I need him to do that at you know eleven frames a second like the movie. It's fucking yeah. awesome. I I love the costumes in general. There's there's also yeah. one where like they I, for a while I had both Spider Men dressed in like those Assassin's Creed looking costumes with like the big cape and cowl or whatever. Did. Of course sure. I did. Yeah yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, the Spider Man costumes. There was a cutscene where Miles is like walking through his kitchen he gets stopped by his mom to talk and he's not wearing the mask but he's wearing the rest of the the outfit and it's just this huge thing with this giant cape and it looks like he's in his <laughs> Halloween costume with his mask off yeah. like much more so than the regular Spider-Man so it's it's just a ridiculous moment and he just stops and talks to his mom like that and it's like now I'm going to go out on an adventure uh <laughs> this 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 game rule we talk more about it because uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, separating the two, like Peter's goals are like, I need to become an adult, whereas Miles is a younger person trying to figure out where he belongs in the I, world. I need to finish my college application essay. Yeah. Well, well like, there, there's, yeah. we talked about, there's a lot of like eye rolly, boy, I hope this trends on Twitter. Look at how inclusive we are. Kind of like that are like, yeah. And me like show stoppy and like, Jesus, dude. But like, it does make sense for Miles to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because mm-hmm. like yeah. Peter has, has graduated beyond that in the comics. He's fucking Tony Stark jr. And he has been for a while. And, but, but miles is still figuring stuff out and, and figuring out how he, be- where he belongs in New York. Yeah. I'll do some, what do you call it? Street level stuff. And I want to get to know everybody in my community and walk through a museum in real time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they <laughs> both not? do that. So there's a lot of walk through museum style exhibits, like at the, at Coney Island and the, the jazz museum. But like, yeah, I, I have a clip that I used in our spoiler cast to illustrate some of this. In our simulation, the goal is to maximize growth. Why don't you practice on this? Okay. I think I get the hang of it. Great. Now you're ready to try the real thing. This is a plant we're working on to grow well in drought conditions. Corporations patent GMO seeds for profit and are rightly criticized. But ours are open source, developed for sustainability instead of financial gain. So smart. One step closer to feeding the world. <laughs> nice work. I feel like there should be a little thing that says edutainment scrolling on the screen. Yeah, when that. It's, it's when he says, and are rightly criticized that yeah. I want to sock him in the jaw. Just like, shut up and let me video game just, over here. As long as he said at the end, he's like, you know I'm taking a pay cut, right? Just to be. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I just kept waiting to hear, dino DNA? But like, just, <laughs> right, just the right. relentless like activist positivity. It's like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ was not this positive. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and about the time I was... 
playing the game as a blind girl going to meet a lesbian blind girl like hold on again the first thing she didn't do is look both ways crossing the street <laughs> true <laughs> it's one of the silliest the silliest scenes i think that just can't never mind never mind spoiler cast is where i get silly about this stuff but the well, it, it's just the like you know Peter is I think is the worst offender with the like wow after I solve world hunger I'll be able to gene edit bees to not go through colony collapse gee willikers it's like yeah dude give it's, it a rest you're supposed to be living your life it's pretty Spider Man I mm-hmm. won't knock it too hard but it just like some of it gets a little eye rolly but yeah. it, whatever it's like it's it's. This isn't a, the real world. It's our ideal world. Let's That's go true. With it. No, there's, there's, it's earnest. I, I always yeah, appreciate like earnest. earnestness, you know, like, and, yeah. and that's, I love that's Jim falling Barney. back to the roots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it when he saves Christmas. love it when he gets scared <laughs> stupid. Mm-hmm. I even like it when he rides again. Oh, Dirty 2010 yeah. plug. I was the only person uh, in the theater for that. Oh I'm a big God. camp. Ernest goes mm-hmm. to camp guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I found that like, you know, talking about which, which one we prefer, Peter or Miles, like I found that I tend to just like, whenever the story makes me switch, I just stay as that one for a while. But I think mm-hmm. overall I preferred playing as Miles. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he does feel a little bit lighter in combat. Like his, his venom powers are a little bit more fun to use, but yep. then, then you get like the, the Spidey venom powers mm. or the Peter Parker yeah. venom powers. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's a completely different thing. And then you get the... Well, I'm not going to spoil what you it's, get it's after my that, it's my yeah. prediction they remove Peter from this entirely in the next game. And I think that wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah. They wouldn't seem to be setting that up. I mean, mm-hmm. this this I, whole thing's designed as a companion piece to the boy and the heron. They're both about letting stop go. It. What is his legacy? Yeah, no, sure. <laughs> oh, I want to see it so bad. Spend 45 hours doing that. <laughs> and and I think I said it on the show like my my biggest example of how much this game rules you know, I was like, oh, last time I platinum this and there's all these tech chests everywhere and like, hmm. here's one, like, you're not going to mark these on my map, you fucking assholes. And then like, I get up in the air and like, I can see across the bay, the, the I can see these things for miles. Like, that's the yeah. kind of thing, even the PS4 wasn't really able to, to render in real time. Like, uh, you can see goals and things that... I don't know, man. It fucking blew my mind because, like, I've seen a bunch of, like, Alan Wake is a super pretty game. I said Callisto Protocol is a super, uh, like, one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. But they're all, like, they put you in a closed room and you walk around to the next closed room. Yeah. This is totally different. It is, everything is visible at all times. And it's really, it really is impressive. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine you'd have a PS5 and you wouldn't have, like, a 1080p or 4K television that can tell this is different. This is what the next gen should have looked like for the last three fucking years. Yeah. And uh, man, it's, it's revelatory. It also makes me mad. <laughs> the fact that it can do that too, completely open world featuring Mr. Ray tracing. How are you doing? I'm Ray. Ray tracing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. Giant open world where you can see all the lights and in theory, those could be ray traced, but honestly, if you're not playing on performance mode, what are you doing? You got to get yeah. those frames, yeah. dude. I, I, I tried a bunch of different modes, and it's like, yeah, you, you, you need the frame rate of performance yeah. mode. And then, then you use that advanced frame rate to put on the uh, Enter the Spider-Verse uh, costumes. Yes, and, uh, to lower the frame rate. <laughs> to lower it. Yep. So everything else um, is buttery smooth except for Miles or Peter. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, photo mode, and in, in a game like this, a lot of times oh, I would pause a game. Go mm-hmm. to photo mode yeah. just to look at the detail in any given moment. And it's just staggering. Like, this is the kind of game, even if you don't 
take photos in photo mode, just go to it to look around sometimes. Like, yeah. I mean, I got to the point where I could zoom in and see that Miles is wearing Adidas shoes. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. The wow. detail yeah. I want those shoes so bad. They no, exist. It's wild. It's this whole living ecosystem, and it's just, it feels incredible to explore it. And, I mean, we have to talk about flying, too. The other big addition yeah. here, yeah. gliding, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I mean, how much more fun did that make traversal, too? Just uh, one more little element. You could switch seamlessly between gliding and catch like a drift of wind that'll take you halfway across the city. And just, it felt so seamless. And it's like, now it, it, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to yeah. the earlier games without that. I can't believe how against it my Spider Man brain was. Like, mm. I'm not doing no cosmic Spider Man yeah. or shit. I came uh-uh. here to and, swing, not to fly. And I, I was. Wait talking to Matt and Michael being frustrated like are you gliding I'm like why should I have to glide I want a point launch <laughs> like, uh, well at yes. least we, we can agree like... that we can agree that he can't ride a bike hmm. for all the for all the, for all the <laughs> gifts that Spider-Man has he really struggles with that bike it's true I mean I do too on, a, on the once a year I get on one just to loop back to photo mode I never used it and one of the oh, best man. missions that there is I'm trying to find a place to put birds for a homeless man. Hmm. And I don't know if they changed where the sunset was during that part, or that's just naturally where the day-night cycle was. But I just kept popping into photo mode as Miles with, like, a bunch of birds flying around me. And it was every moment of it, like, this would have been a... This would have been like a massive screenshot they sent us in like 2006. So that's a trick the game them. actually plays on you. There is no day-night cycle in the Spider-Man games. It's It changes at story beats. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, yes, that was very intentional of them, like, have that based at golden hour, like that particular really? time I, of I, day. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. really thought I saw evidence. Uh, you could be right, but, like, yeah, the, the way the sun was coming through, it was so gorgeous. I captured... I, I think I spent like 20 minutes on that mission, mostly with yeah. getting screenshots. I, I think that particular mission, the the lighting is extremely important. The music is extremely important. They're playing that yeah. seabird song. And like that, that mission has a big emotional punch. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, especially if you were a fan of the first game. Yeah, they definitely didn't lose sight of that. I think there's some great emotional moments throughout this entire game. Yeah. You know, for for every fun beat, they've got some really like intense stuff going on. And you really do get to like these characters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, well, we should wrap this up and move along to... Number two. Allow me to offer you my deepest apologies. On behalf of the Gerudo, for taking so long to accept your repeated invitations. It is our desire to be accepted into the protective embrace of your kingdom. To serve it faithfully. A welcome appeal. Ganondorf. And, and this is why Zelda games shouldn't have voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it is weird to hear Ganon talking for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, have, having a voice throughout the whole thing that gets rougher and rougher the further you go in. The fabled swordsman who endured my corruption, who has persisted in slaughtering my servants. Interesting. How is it that you survived my attack? It must have been that wretched arm. Yeah, you got a cool arm because it's Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, who is joining us for this segment? It's me. It's Brendan. I'm back on another Brendan, one. Brendan! From The Crawl! <laughs> and and GameSpot and Lifehacker. And all these other places. Uh, YouTube.com The Crawl, correct? Mm-hmm. I hope so. All right. Uh, <laughs> me too. Uh, and other, other special guest, Ryan? 
Yes, it's me, the happiest mailman in Michigan, and also the host of Zanzizi Podcast, of which Michael has been a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we just recorded a Batman Returns episode last night. <laughs> Great so, Christmas movie. It is. It is. Fantastic <laughs> Christmas movie. And we're, of course, here to talk about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom again. Whew. You know what? I, I played a bunch of cutscene audio there. I feel like this is the sound people will associate with it most. <laughs> Michael's dick golem taking flight. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was going to be that or the map opening up. Well, yeah, that too. Uh, this is this is works on a couple different levels because it is the the same beloved open world action of Breath of the Wild, but they bolted on. Two additional open worlds in the sky and underground. Please, please, they glued on. They didn't they, bolt Yeah, they glued anything. on. They glued on much <laughs> yeah. in the same way that you can now glue together machine parts to create whatever contraptions you can come up with. That, Like, yeah, this makes sense. I have seen everything from the basic sky cycles that like, oh, put a control stick and two fans together. Now you can fly. Awesome. I have seen people put together giant robots. I have put Make together metal gears. Uh, fuck, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I remember. There's there's that one village on the coast that you have to clear out at one point, where it's just like all the monsters have a collective energy meter, and you need to kill yeah. all of them to get it down. And I died so many times, and then I'm like, fuck it, and I just take out like one of those flying wings, weld it to a couple fans, weld it to a whole shit ton of uh, moving laser head things, <laughs> and then just fly low over the village and let let the machines do the work. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I've seen Godzilla's that people made. Uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot. In and that's game. how we get Zelda Skynet, Michael. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but not to mention the 1080p snowboarding you can do on your field. And this pick is up, true. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. There's so much, there's so much to do in tears of the kingdom. There really is. There really, and it, it, that's. The beauty of the game is is not only is there just a breadth of things to do, uh, the, haha, breadth, get it, uh-huh. um, breadth, breadth of things to do, um, but there is a variety of ways to accomplish each of those things, and it, it's yeah. actually one of those games where like I got to a dungeon before I was ready to in the story, and and wasted a good like two hours trying to figure out how to open the dungeon before I think think might have been you, Chris. You're like. Oh no, you can't do that. Yet. You got to go talk to this NPC, and then you can mm-hmm. get there. But I mean, that—that's the game lets you kind of go where you want, and it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, you can get yeah, up. Yeah, I always describe it as like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, not the Chalamet one, not the Depp one, the one that where Gene Wilder's like, everything you see can be eaten, but instead of eaten, it's gameplay. Yes, everything you see can be played, interacted with, something can be done with. It's so cool. It's so fucking cool because I'm so used to like just open worlds where you can't do anything Uh, gta has i think it may send a message to gta because when i think about gta like all these lifeless buildings that maybe maybe they put an elevator inside but there's nothing you can do with that that piece of the environment can can i just really really quickly speak to the elephant in the room without revealing our number one which listeners don't Mm. yet know they're probably asking themselves because we're kind of a Zelda show. They're probably going, yeah, "Wait yeah. a minute, how, this how is number is two? number two? And I, I have one answer for you on why it's number two. Weapon degradation is back and still <laughs> fucking sucks the entire time. <laughs> See, and for me, that's why it's my favorite game of the year. That's, I'm a weirdo. That's weird. I love that's that. Weird. I, I thought this this may have started out as a 
message to people who didn't like weapon degradation. Like, don't get attached to weapons because you can make better ones constantly. Like, throw away your shitty weapons. Do Waste not them become on addicted to weapons, my friends. You will resent their absence. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, like waste. use your weapons on shit. Let them break. You can always make them again. Always. Mm-hmm. You, you can, but there's there's those times where, like, you get, what is it, like, the golem hearts or whatever that, like, add, like, plus 35 to I any I did farm component. them. I farmed a couple of the lions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but the, yeah, like, yeah. if you're underground, there's, like, a dude every seven feet holding an easy weapon you can fuse anything to and is yeah. more powerful than anything you could bring in to the, it helped the, the, the fusing decks. helped their broken ass weapon system for sure but i i still was like god damn it yeah. this fucking I, I do love that yeah you can fuse just about anything to your weapons and you can you can take like a a giant club and fuse a small weapon to it and it will swing yes. like a big slow club but you can take that small weapon and fuse the club to it and it will move as fast as the small weapon does which makes no sense. It's just, it's the same weight and it's mass that awesome. you're swinging around. But uh, who cares? It works. But Brennan Brennan loves this. He loves the weapon. I system. do honestly. Uh, the early gameplay that Ayanuma was on, where they're like, "Here, we're going to show you all the different yeah. stuff that we're adding to the mm-hmm. game." I was really skeptical about some of it, um, especially the the building, because um, I'm not really interested in like. Crafting. Minecrafting? Yeah, I, I, but the weapon fusing, I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they, you know, you can make some kind of goofy stuff, going and fighting a stronger monster has, it has more of a reason in this game than in Breath of the Wild because you get those stronger parts. Um, mm-hmm. So, so you're rewarded for for engaging. I know that was a complaint people had. Be like, I don't want to fight anything because then my strong weapon goes away, and which for me is fine. Like. I like how Breath of the Wild just gives you this constant like loop of you're always getting stronger than restarting. And I didn't have that as much in Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and I had to, I'll be honest, I had to kind of go out of my way to play this game more like it was Breath of the Wild because yeah. I didn't really click with the crafting stuff. So like I climbed every mountain rather than build a flying contraption to get what? over it. Just like Insanity. in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I wanted, and I'm I'm very glad that I was able to do that. It's very cool that they let you continue yeah. to play the game however you wanted. I will say, as a dad, this was probably one of my favorite Zelda periods this year. I mean, huh. 2023 as a whole was so special to be a gamer. I feel like this mm. year is like yeah, 2007 nice. for games, but like movies in 2007, but now games in 2023 are like that kind of peak of like just knocking it out of the park between everything that came out this year. But my daughter, actually my youngest played through all of breath of the wild. She's really? not wow. Yes, 90 wow. hours in breath of the wild. And what? now she's about to beat tears of the kingdom. Wow. And it's weird because, you know, much like movies where time will go by and you will reassess and be like that one best picture. What the fuck? That was the same year. <laughs> Goodfellas came out or whatever mm-hmm, came out. Mm-hmm. I think tears of the kingdom will uh, essentially be somebody's a link to the past down the line. Yeah. And I can oh, sure. see it in the way my child reacts to this game now and the joy that she's getting and the things that they incorporated become more standard going into future Zelda games, whether it's the Ultra Hand or the Ascend or whatever, or the using I, the items to combine with like arrows and be able to shoot, you know, and, and try different things out. I think that was honestly genius. So cool. And I don't, I, again, to your anecdote, Ryan, I don't, 
I know at least three little girls who play Zelda, but don't play it like me. We're like, I'm not going to go out for the next couple weekends. <laughs> I'm going to eat pizza and watch Zelda, like just play Zelda. They've been p- girls younger than 10 who've been playing Breath of the Wild for five years. On and off, constantly, never have stopped. That's an insane thing that I, I just never considered because, yeah, I did have to play games like that when I was a kid. I didn't have a lot of options. Uh, I have to pick up stuff like that, really get to know stuff, get get intimate with it. And again, in this case, they just happen to be girls. But like, yeah, I went over to a friend's house. She had COVID and the kids are just like, uh, yeah, I got to the third champion in Breath of the Wild. And like, Tears of the Kingdom is out. And like, she just picks it up and plays it whenever she feels the need. And it's just such a weird, I love it. I fucking love it. They're going to love that game way more than I do. Come like when they're, when they're nostalgic for their childhood. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of, of stuff good for kids, is like a lot of these, the the crafting and fusing system and all that is like really good stuff for like mm-hmm. a child's brain of like teaching mm-hmm. them how physics works. Yep. You know, it's just yeah. kind of like yeah, if you put wheels on here, you've now created an axis, and it's just like this is like a total crafter's game. It's yep. fucking better than Labo than doing that shit for kids. <laughs> let's be honest. Like, yeah. It's more, they're more likely to interact with this is what I'm what, saying. You know, what really surprised me too was uh, about the crafting stuff was how much, uh, just kind of speaking to how I played it, how much they don't force it on you. Yep. Like obviously in mm, the shrines, yeah. right. You kind of have to use it. Yeah. In, the the, in the shrines are designed around, but puzzles, like the game yeah. doesn't prescribe any way for you to play it. And nope. I found that really, really uh, refreshing compared to a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of Zelda games, but um, I mean, for me, I think ultimately Breath of the Wild is maybe a more memorable experience just because it was such a fresh new way of experiencing mm-hmm. um, Zelda and stuff. But Tears of the Kingdom is such a better game than mm-hmm. than Zelda or, or Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways. And for me, the big thing uh, is the underground, the, the yeah, depths. Oh, man. It's just this mm-hmm. giant, you know, the dungeon crawler sicko inside of me just can't, still want that as my not. ringtone. The, uh, that's, that's such a good one. Uh, it, it just i i don't know i fell in love with just exploring down there and just wanted to be down there it was so dangerous and oppressive in so many cool ways oh, yeah. um, well the first time you go down there it just seems like okay i am i am nowhere near high level enough for this i right. found some darkness covered monsters and got my ass kicked immediately oh man in the last 80 hours of that game i'm just slaughtering in the underground yeah. like yeah, i was so that, scared yeah, of it yeah. initially. now it's just like oh i haven't uncovered this sector what's over here yeah. <laughs> well the the yeah. ultimate enemy of the underground for me ended up being more like there are certain impassable walls that it's like, no, you have to mm-hmm. go to a different part of the overworld map be- for you to get to that part of the underworld. And just like, ah, that, that, I mean, that's think- the only part that really pissed me off is like, I'm trying to explore. I build my hover bike, which they've, you know, basically encouraged me like, yeah, free exploration go. And then underworld, they're like, nah, we're going to put a big cliff here in your way. And uh, mm-hmm. you got to find a different hole elsewhere in the overworld map. Sorry. I remember know. just... It feels childlike. Six months ago on this show, like I told you guys, the bottom map relates to the top map. When and you're like, that blew what? my mind. And I like, like and, and when, when you figure that out on your own, it is so like, oh my god, what? Like, <laughs> that's how big this darkness is, as big as the top. Holy well, shit! Well, whenever I found like a shrine or a tree and on one level, I would always mark it on the level yeah. above because yeah. it's like I know there's going to be something corresponding up or yep. down there 
And some of them were like hidden shrines. So it's like, okay, I don't see anything in the overworld map right now. And so that means there's probably some puzzle I have to solve to make this shrine appear mm-hmm. eventually. Like there, there's definitely a few of those too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and the way you figure that out, Chris, is like the names that, right? It's, it's the yeah, reverse. Those, names right. The names were backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God. I yeah. do like the opening of this game too. I feel like this is one of the best opening sequences to a Zelda game in a while as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, they're all like Breath of the Wild. It feels like it kind of takes a minute to get going, but like with this, with the, the sky area, just like that yeah. moment where the yeah. title comes up and he's falling, it's just like hell no, yeah, I, here I so, am. So, I'm in a Zelda game. It's so did it, did everybody successfully complete that jump down to the surface the first time? Because when I did it, I, I missed so. I missed the water by like ten feet. And, and just went slow. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll put up a da, video da, of it. Da, 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 whack! Yeah, yeah. Big, big dramatic moment. Oh, look at the mountain. Look, at the, I looked down. Oh shit, I missed. Uh, Someone create the GameCube logo with just Michael hitting when it when it, when it bonks in GameCube. It's wild uh, that people were going into this game being like, "Are they going to add enough new stuff?" And it's like they didn't even show you that there's an entire like underground area they the yep. dungeons as well i mean we haven't even talked about that yet like i i like that they were kind of a blend between the open-endedness of the divine beast and the more traditional ish uh zelda at least the the environments looked you know they felt more like dungeons and temples and whatnot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i agree with you yeah they i, I always felt like the divine beast felt a little unfinished in the last game it was just kind of like yeah they're there but they it it wasn't the traditional zelda dungeon experience i was used to and Mm -hmm. they did go a little bit back to this in this game but i you know but i also think like well the shrines really are more meant to be kind of the dungeon experience no i think there's there's underground areas in the middle that offer you all the thrills of a zelda dungeon just Mm -hmm. in like smaller chunks but there's like 60 of them just to, I forget what, what do you get in every one of those? I totally forgot already. But yeah, I mean, just you, there's like you, caves and stuff. You too. find a cave; those yeah. are like Zelda dungeons. Like require different puzzle solving skills. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. Every single everywhere you walked, there was something to accomplish. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the the places you had to visit with the the various sages, and weirdly like. There's so much uncertainty about, like, wait, is this actually a sequel to Breath of the Wild, or is it a reimagining? Because, like, there's not a lot of references to events that happen. Like, the Divine Mm. Beasts are nowhere on the map. There's no remnant of the ancient technology that sat around for, like, a hundred years or whatever, half buried. Yeah. But you do get returning characters from Breath of the Wild who are now, like, the sages. They, They become sages, and then once you finish a dungeon with them you get, like, a ring that can summon, like, a clone of them to fight alongside you. So you have companions. That's another thing they didn't tell us going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think the in it's weird. It's, like, a sequel, but only during the cinematics, because, like, the open-world map even, like, yes, there are definitely parts inspired by the last game and it's like oh yeah i remember this kind of being in this general vicinity but they changed it up enough where it's like it's not really the same overworld map even like most no, of the it time doesn't feel at all yeah yeah and, and and so it's like i think people were were worried they're like oh this looks like an expansion to this game because it looks like the same open world map it's like eh, the visuals are similar but no you're gonna be exploring like an all new open world map like that fucking plateau you started on in the last game that thing's gone that's not that's not around anywhere and, and like and it's, I think it is that, still Mike, there like, it's it's harder is to it? find yeah I found, yeah it I is it's just there. very like the what happens there and like the stuff that goes on there is very different than what yeah you experienced in breath of the but wild like that big 
cathedral is still there. You can find the cave where Link wakes up, but none of the stuff is in there. Really? Anymore. Yeah. It's, but there wild. is cool stuff to go find in there. So if mm. you haven't gone and done that, mm. like go check it out. There's some cool stuff to check yeah. out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, the game really rewards you for for exploring, which is nice, and it it's something that I felt too because I basically, well, I just finished it, but like I I went from like Elden Ring and then basically into Tears of the Kingdom, and it it, it was it's funny because it's almost like I don't know you guys play board games, but it's like I I have Scythe, and then it was like almost like my first scythe going to like a more kitty version of Elden Ring in a way, but also like just as joyful and Nintendo-y as, as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, that you guys nail it. I mean, like, like that sense of ex- exploration in this game is just beautiful. And that the depths are like, like we mentioned, like Brendan mentioned, is it's like such a fun world. I mean, it's not, I, I wouldn't say there's a ton of like bosses per se, but there's mm-hmm. there's there's like a lot to explore, and I really, I, I, it might seem kind of like annoying, but I kind of love the having to shoot the like flower things to light yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Boom seeds. Yeah. Love love those. So, and they they just they they stay there, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. no, no, they're not persistent. I don't think they stay forever. I mean, well, maybe it just st- stays lit up because like I eventually find it stays the, lit the, until you the reload. Lights. Uh, yeah, until yeah, you reload. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I remember I was trying to do like a little bit of a breadcrumb thing where I was shooting. It was like that puzzle of like, hey, just go where the sh- the statues are pointing. So I was shooting oh, yeah. lights at all the statues to be like, okay, mm-hmm. so I can keep track of where I went. And then like after a load, all the, all the things I had shot were gone. I was like, motherfucker. Like I, I, but but if you go to the world map, it then shows like you explored that path. So and they they also built in the stuff that was DLC for the last game, right? With the whole uh, what do we say? It's the Jeffy uh, family circus right. map yes. feature. Yes. Well, it's, it's Billy me. that leaves that trail. But oh, yes. sorry, yes, yes. I don't Very mean to confuse important. Billy and Jeff. No, no. <laughs> uh, the Bill Keen estate is going to be all over us again. <laughs> <laughs> you got it wrong. You got it wrong. Uh, I'm get not death me. threats from family circus stands out there. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming out of their retirement homes to shame us. And and did you guys figure out that like I think they have like Zoni headlights that you can put on vehicles, they but it's do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just they do. way easier, and, and oh, they do. Doesn't, no, it doesn't take <laughs> yeah. any just energy shoot a fucking if you. Blossom, yeah, just yeah. just throw one of the light blossoms. That's what I was saying. Light blossoms, yes. Yeah. I, and the yeah. blooms, the bloom seeds, or whatever. They have the, yeah. they have the official lights too, but those take battery. Yeah, and, exactly. and that's that's what's funny is this game. I feel like the um, the stamina system that was the big thing that took a while to earn in the last Zelda, like you know to be able to grip cliffs for longer. And this mm-hmm. game. Sort of makes that one trivial, but very much so it's all about battery. Like, it's like, oh, I, I need to earn more battery charge over time so I can run my machines longer before they explode or whatever. It's why this, so. the, the, the air bike was so rad, because I think uh, we, we talk about the game asks you to break it, but it also, like, really asks you to cheat. And that thing is a total mm-hmm. fucking cheat that, like, any other game would have patched out. Because it does, it does ruin certain things. I mean, the ascend ability started out as, like, a debug feature. Yeah. And then yeah, they were really. like, actually, yeah. what if we just tried to make this work? And as far as I could find, 
none of the spots broke the game. Like they decided no, where you, everywhere you can ascend through and, and through bosses, and, yeah. and it's insane. Yeah. Well, that was the, that. That's what. So I do want to point out too is we talk about like they give you a variety of ways to play the game, including like moment to moment combat. So Chris says like one of the solutions, like you might remember those giant rocks mm-hmm. with you know from the previous game that that are like these bosses, the Talos, the, yeah. the Taloses. So you you can kind of climb them like the last game, or you can just straight up go under their dick and ascend through that monster mm-hmm. and fucking get to the top and start wailing away at the, at that crystal on top, right? Or you yep. could yeah, just shoot bombs at that crystal. Like, they're, they give you so many different... Or actually, actually, I remember talking to you and uh, Chris and Michael about the go- the other golems, the ones that have, have that one, like, active piece that's sort of the heart piece that it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you gotta hit that. And I think I mentioned to you, Chris, I'm like, oh, you can just, you can take the ultra hammer oh, yeah. and just yank that, yank yeah, that thing out. You just yank it out. <laughs> nice. And, and so that's an example of like, I was on one of the maps and they throw all these, they kind of like swerve you. They throw all those like springboards around the map. Like, oh, clearly I'm supposed to be jumping out the springboards, oh. pulling out my bow and arrow midair. It'll slow down time. I'll shoot that thing. I died like five times trying to use the fucking springboards yeah. and never again, never. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I could do that. Or I could... When it becomes at one point that monster becomes just like a flat platform with the crystal yeah. on top, you can ascend on top of that platform and just start wailing away. It's just like it gives you so many tools that it's like okay, they had to have tested this stuff, otherwise the game would be way buggy and broken. But um, mm-hmm. I had the same thing too, especially with using like the ultra hand and then the recall. So and being like, oh well, now I have an elevator here. Yeah. Is this supposed to be this way? But it's like, sure, why not? The- the recall, like just from a, like a programming and engineering perspective, the fact that they like the game is always tracking the positions and remembering the most recent positions of like every object Everything. in the game. Everything, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know th- this was built in an all new engine too from Breath of the Wild, which is also very cool. Like, just you know, from those perspective, it's just it's such a remarkable feat. Yep. Yeah, there were, this, this is the only game I've seen this year that people, like, game devs and programmers were getting on social yeah. media and being like, we don't know how they did this. How? I've tried, like, yeah. we've tried this. This is an industry, folks, where one of the hardest things you can do is have a character open a fucking door still right. to this day. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's all built on illusion. Like, when, next time you say, oh, my character grabbed a thing, no, it didn't. Mm-hmm. The, 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 some animator somewhere placed the 3D models next to each other so it looks like they're grabbing each other, but nothing's picking up anything. They are, they are like advanced Muppets. Yes. You know, they, yeah. they cut a camera angle and the phone is glued in Kermit's yep. hand. Everything yep. in video games, <laughs> in theory, can clip through everything else unless you build in rules and logic to tell it not to do that. And the fact that Zelda accounts for that, accounts for like, yeah, man, if you if you jump on this thing when it's like, it's kind of sideways in the air. It's going to react differently than if it's uh, it's flat in the air and stuff like that. Like this is a, a miraculous feat. The, the yeah. stuff this engine can accomplish. Like I hope they use that engine for other stuff. To be honest with you, I, I think that, yeah. that's what separates our top two games. It's just a miraculous nature. I mean, they're they're both them. very very flexible, as you'll mm. find out when we move on to our. I'm so jealous. I'm stuck here. Forever here, in these tangled lines, in these hundred hours or less or more, there's only one thing I need to know. One thing I have to know. Then I can be all right. You're having fun, aren't you? Mm. Thank the gods. 
Thank the gods, we did it! We've done it, everyone! Yes! And that is our game of the year bringing us in. What game is this? Crawl. Uh, I mean, Baldur's yeah. Gate 3. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even with the, the line about 100 hours gave it away. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, or more or less. That cut mm. deep. Yeah. Definitely more. Mm-hmm. A little, little bit of a spoiler there. <laughs> Who is joining us for this segment? Hello, everyone. My name's Jesse Cox. I'm very excited to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. I YouTube, I podcast, I produce games, I do all sorts of stuff. Some might say too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we've done stuff together on Chaluminati before. But are we there have, an, yeah. any other specific shows or streams you'd like to plug? Oh, my goodness. Uh, besides, if you're into a weird por- paranormal... What the hell was I about to say? <laughs> if you're into weird paranormal stuff and you need someone to ground you a little bit, go to Chiluminati. That is the fun podcast that we do about that. And if you're uh, into another... paranormal porn, the uh, Lycan <laughs> you know, Studio. Porn. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that, but some may. Can um, I, can I, I was plugging plug myself. You, Jesse? You, you right. made the only visual novel really that i've ever really truly liked a lot yes. of Mon- monster high because it's more like a board game it's not a visual novel i try to tell people True. like there's choices and the choices you make it is a game not just a comic book that you read right. monster high or monster prom monster prom that's the but one. it monster takes prom. place at the high school. That's true. Um, and then there's monster camp and now monster road trip which is like you know <laughs> similar thing but they're going I guess, on a road trip. Yeah, you're yeah. on a road trip and you're still competing with friends and trying to screw them over. Well, have a I good see time. You're, you're following the early 2000s movie model. First, you start at high school, yep. then you go camp, and then you go road trip. That's, yep. that's that, Who space, knows what's next? next? It could get crazy. Yeah, is that what Ice Cube did? I can't remember the Are We There Yet tri- <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, who knows? We could end up on Mars or wherever. It could get, it could get wild. Um, yeah, but then I do a show that I've done for 10 years, Cox and Crendor, which is about nothing. Literally nothing. We just talk like for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have a show called Geek Enders, which is myself and my dear friend Dodger every Friday that we just like act stupid. And if you're into Star Wars, I do a Star Wars podcast about everything before Ooh. Disney took over. So if you want to <laughs> read books from like 1978, we got you. And, Star uh, Wars yeah. Tales. I, I love the tales. For yeah, the Dark it's all Wars about stuff. the legend stuff and mm-hmm. learning that Han Solo was a badass even in like 81, like way be, you know, you're just blown away how cool. And Chewbacca. Y'all, Chewbacca once ripped apart a pterodactyl man and then reassembled his body to make a glider. Whoa. It's gross. crazy. Yeah, Whoa. it's great. Hashtag yeah. bring back jizz. <laughs> Justice for jizz. It's a good form of music. Jizz. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. That's all, right. all I do, really. Right. Who else is with us? Hi, my name is C.L. Foster. I am a podcaster. I do the show Welcome to the Thing. With me and my buddies, Emmett Watkins Jr. and Jared Green, where we just kind of just talk shit i don't know <laughs> uh and then also do a, a watch along podcast called life in the whole house with sonia valentine which is coming mm-hmm. back 2024 nice nice and tony once join rejoining us again for the first time this episode yeah i hope people aren't tired of my voice yet <laughs> hey it's it's tony wilson from framework uh if you are tired of my voice then uh you're probably not gonna want to go to youtube.com slash framework video and watch my video essays but hey, there's good stuff on there. There's a short about Baldur's Gate 3, the the OG, the one that got canceled. Mm. Would have been a very different game from the one that we have now, which is your guys' game of the year. And great pick, gotta say. In a year of great picks, this is one yeah. of the great pickiest. Yeah, but it, ha- it had like almost a long, hard Dukem Forever road and still came out good, great, excellent. 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, mean it, I don't know if I'd call it that so much as just, yeah. you know, early access support, you know? But even before that, like this, it, it's just, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 has been in the, in the, in the making for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sure. kind of, I'm not a huge fan of the series or D&D, but it's still like, it's very heartening to see how well this was received and like mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. how much praise is coming in and how much it it does well that I, I think the rest of the gaming community has to respond to like holy shit let me I mean, tell you it was so long in the making the guy from larian said that literally almost everyone in the boardroom with yep. him when the title got greenlit from watsi just got laid off or is now yep. gone like they, they've <laughs> yeah. cycled through all those people yeah so. that's yeah. uh let me tell you speaking of which as a dnd nerd myself which it feels weird to endorse the board game with a, a just a terrible year at Wizards of the Coast, like in general. This someone pointed out. This is we're still within the same year when they try to do the whole like um, awful yep. uh, rights yep. thing back in January. Yeah, like, all of that was still. But anyways, mm. as somebody who has been uh, who is a big D and D nerd, I've been uh, part of a D and D live stream now for seven plus years. It was kind of inevitable for me that this was going to be at least on my list, if not my own personal game of the year as well. It eventually got dethroned, but like. For me, same thing, Chris. It is heartening to see how well this mm-hmm. has been received. And I, again, it's, it feels weird to endorse this given the crap that's happened over at, at Wizards uh, this year. But I do genuinely hope that this is a gateway for folks to get into more tabletop stuff. Because there's, it's a wonderful be. world. And I think, you know, it's it's going to open that gate for people. It's going to open I, that Baldur's Gate for people. If yeah. I haven't <laughs> said it, the, the last three women I've dated, all of their kids play D&D out in the open, which was something like I was terrified to be accused of when I was right. a little nerd. Yeah, and and so what the fuck? I don't know. We had a conversation. It's cool online now. The, the kids are yeah. awesome with Satanism. <laughs> Tons of kids do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also Hanks. It's good enough for me, folks. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a thing that like D and D itself has been demystified from when we were all growing up to like now, right? Like it was something I remember very vividly being a senior in high school. And my dad, like, who was in the military, was, like, talking about, like, this case where this guy who he used to work with was in D&D and took it way too seriously. And, like, and then being, like, afraid. But then, like, as media has come and shown, like, oh, hey, this is what this is, has been demystified to where, like, it is now just a property that everyone goes in. It's part of the play. And one of the things that I really loved about Baldur's Gate 3 And one of the things that, like, I think Larry even did with, like, Divinity and when it was doing, like, its kind of role-playing stuff, it it was able to distill what makes 5th edition fun in a video game. And I don't know if that was something that I ever thought could happen. Now, this this is one of the things I really enjoyed about playing this game because I didn't didn't touch it in early access. I touched it, like, once the game came out. And I literally went into it, like... I'm going to hate it. All these people are saying it's so great. I'm going to be mm-hmm. in here. It's like, fine. It's whatever. And I played it and I was just like, it's the closest I've ever felt to like replicating that joy of playing a TTRPG, playing Dungeons and Dragons, like by myself. And I was just like, wait, this is really cool. This is really fun. Like I, I thought, I think that Larian just like really knocked out Barkman. Yeah, yeah. I think they I, raised the bar for everything in games this year. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I started playing it like right when it came out in early access, and it didn't really like move the needle for me at all. Playing through a little bit of the ship, it was extremely buggy. I was kind of feeling like it wasn't for me. So when I saw like all the hype leading up to like, oh, it's so close to launch. Look at all this stuff that they're doing. Jason Isaacs is in it. I'm like, 
is this really that big a deal? I mean, the game's been out for three years. It's it's <laughs> not great. Nobody really talks about it that much. And then the release version came out, and I went back to it, and it's just like, this is so much better. This is so, so, so much better than what mm. I played three years ago. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it is immediately engrossing and the very first moments of like wandering around in the, as these characters discovering this world once once that ship crashes at the beginning and gradually discovering all the things that you can do i've said before that usually when we see games that give you this much agency to affect the storyline or the characters whatever we see these games that are very short but broad like way of the samurai or Westerado or the Stanley Parable, something like that, where like you're going to mm-hmm. have a two hour experience, but there's like, you know, 20 hours of possible experiences. This is like, you can be in there for hundreds of hours mm-hmm, and yeah. you can play twice doing, making more or less the same decisions and still have a different experience because of like the randomization, the die rolls, yeah. etc. And there's so much more that you could do than that. That it's it's kind of staggering, just the the possibilities in this game and the things that people have tried and seen. Like, oh yeah, the developers accounted for that. What is yeah. our um like spoiler vibe with today's show? We we try to avoid major yeah, story plot mild spoilers, spoilers, but yeah, don't. I will not spoil. I will not do anything of that nature. It's- but back whenever the game was coming out, mm-hmm. I was at a Larian event where they were like trying to hype up the game to all of us and get us really excited. And they mentioned at that event, the Dark Urge character. And they were mm. like, hey, we have this new Dark Urge and it's going to be like crazy if you play it. And it's the evil campaign. So if you want to be super evil, play this. And I asked them, okay, so what if I play Dark Urge, but don't do anything evil? Can I do that? And they were like, yeah, no, you can do that. It's like, so what happens then if the game is telling me to be evil and I say no? They were like, the game will progressively get more and more difficult for you as the dice rolls get higher and higher, challenging you. And I said to um, Sven and all the dev team, I was like, look, when I play, I'm not going to do the normal stuff. I'm going to play Dark Urge. I'm going to reject everything about the Dark Urge just to see what you've all done. Because in my (laughs) mind, I figured it would be very limited. I cannot stress this enough. No spoilers. Play Dark Urge. Reject Dark Urge. It might be the craziest, coolest thing I've ever seen in a video game, period. I was blown away of the things they thought of. It's that kind of level where everything seems to have something built in where someone at some point sat down and was like, what if a player does this? Yeah. yeah. And well, that, that's, that that's what they get crazy. from being in early access three years is I'm sure they, they have gone through those thought exercises, but then because it's early access, they actually got to see people trying yeah. all these new like shit that probably yep. never would have crossed their mind. And, and like, assign, hey, assign a team to like, this. all yeah. right, do what that one guy did in early yeah. access. Your yeah. job is to build That's that what's out. astounding to me just from like a, like a writing and, and development yeah. standpoint to where like, you know, like I said, I've been playing D&D for, you know, nearly a decade now. And, you know, when you when you DM, as I have a couple times, you it's, you know, you, you there's mostly winging it, right? You react to what the players are doing. Yeah, you write stuff ahead of time, but it takes the direction that they want to go. And so to have, to still encapsulate, to still capture that, to still capture so many different permutations of that in what is Mm -hmm. a finite written experience is mind blowing Mm -hmm. to me. And the fact that there, and that there is so much that like, even as you get through the game, as all of us, you know, I don't know at what point in the game we all are. I imagine most of us have finished, if not just about finished, even then after seeing credits, if you have conversations with other players, 
you will be shocked at the dozens and dozens of things that you didn't even know were in the game that they experienced. Like, mm-hmm. I remember talking to a friend of mine, and I can't tell you the number of moments when she said something to me, and I said, wait, that's in the game? And then I said, oh, yeah, and I presume you've seen this. And she goes, the what? Like, it's just amazing how much, uh, you know, v- variability there is in this game. And again, for something that has to be um, uh, uh, finite and written and foreseen yeah. and programmed by a team, the fact that it is still what I, feels like endless possibilities is I, unbelievable. After the game awards, I went and got it on Xbox. Mm-hmm. But I've been playing on PC. I, I put at least 300 hours um, in PC. That's multiple playthroughs, right? And when I play on Xbox and I'm just like messing around and it's like I have a different like field of view. I never realized you could go in that opening area up and get the intellect devourer. Had mm-hmm. never realized like I would hear the oh, voice wow. on PC and would just be like, oh, it's we're in a crazy mind flayer ship. There's nothing like <laughs> and mm. but like there is an intellect devourer is like, hey, yeah, free me from this body. And I, I never oh, yeah. I, and it was something where yep. it's there's just always something in this game where it's like, I've never touched it. And I've played Act 1 at least 10 times. Can, can I just for a second characters. talk about, like, D&D games? And I think the the code this game cracked, it's exactly what you talked about. So, like, D&D games have been around as long as video games have. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, they've had a spotty history at best. And I worked on one. I worked on Neverwinter. The original Baldur's Gate games are regarded as semi-classics. And, and part of the reason I think this succeeds is... D&D is nothing if not a rule set, and let's be honest, it's a universe to base stuff in, but it's a pretty generic fantasy setting. There's a reason yep. most video games just sort of borrow from D&D versus just license D&D. It's, it's like, well, there's it's a more reason. Fun to... There's a reason most people at IRL tables are there with their own stuff, not yeah. running a module. Yeah. So, yeah. so, But what D&D is good at, and the reason I love playing tabletop D&D is... It's the improv. It's the, well, let me try this. Mm-hmm. And then the, a good DM will be like, will respond and be like, okay, yeah, I'll let you try that. Here, here's the, here's your role. You have to pass this saving throw and you can make this happen. But at the end of the day, they have to kind of steer the ship back toward this narrative that they originally mm-hmm. pathed out for the party, right? And that's what this game does. And other D&D games have been more like, no, no, you're going to stick to the strict rule set and we're going to take you down this path. And it's like, no. Because D&D in and of itself, not that fun. Like, yeah, there, there's some tropes that get borrowed elsewhere and stuff, but it's like, what's fun about D&D is the experimentation and sort of the, I broke the game in order to get my way. And <laughs> yeah. that's what this yeah. game does. If this was just a straight up action RPG, it'd be boring. It wouldn't, it'd be mm-hmm. just an okay looking, you know, well-written. It would be super well-written. And I think that's the other code they cracked is like, hey, actually get some good writing in a D&D setting and it can be hella fun. But like, that to me is the big secret is it's like, this is how you should make D&D games, that, you know, versus well, just standard fantasy. Based, also, you know? um, I mean, it's Larian. And the the fact that I think that they kind of have built a reputation as making these, like, let the player break the game games with, like, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. This feels as yep, much yep. like Divinity Original Sin 3 as it does, like, Baldur's Gate right. 3. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Possibly that's more. Something, yeah, that's something I wanted to say quickly. Was uh, uh, TL, there was something you said earlier that kind of prompted this in me, too, about, like, you know, having the closest to a D&D experience in a video game. And for me, initially, that came from Divinity uh, Original Sin 2. Um, mm-hmm. I remember playing that and thinking, and texting friends being like, guys, this is, like, this is really feels like D&D. This is incredible. I would love to see these guys get a chance to actually do that. Lo and behold, they did, and it's a match made in heaven when it comes to property and dev. And it really is, like, I don't mean this as a negative. It really is Divinity with a D&D skin. And for me, that's sure. exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted. 
There's a an incredible thing that they pulled off, which was they have DMs for every character, every uh, act, every zone. Every, like They have all these different people creating these stories, and they all connect them. And what's wild about it is because people got to focus on one thing. They could stretch that one thing across three acts in a way that is so incredibly unexpected. Again, no mm-hmm. spoilers, but yep. there was a moment in Act 1. I did a thing that as a goof, just for fun, and I kept this item on a character the entire game. Never thought about it. Get to the ending, and they straight up just give you a thing about that item being on that character in the end. And I was like, yeah, how the funny. hell? Yeah. I'm 150 hours in. I forgot that was important at all. <laughs> and they nailed I, it because they had someone in the background focusing just on that one character and that one storyline, and then they weaved it all back in. That's incredible work i don't imagine most studios could do that but it's incredible work i don't they know how they did how they did it but I, I i remember reading recently they added a free epilogue update and there yes. are fourteen thousand yeah. lines of dialogue although i think that amounts to two minutes of dialogue per your character because it's all specific to whatever yeah. the fuck you did yeah and it, that's just it's like it's like the extra amount of work i don't think most devs put into a game i, I i've complained a lot on this from Telltale to Mass Effect, these were all always games with the illusion of choice. You always being funneled from one beginning to one ending, and that doesn't seem to be what this is at all. I mean, we're even getting endings that the devs didn't anticipate. I don't know if y'all yeah. read about the the the, the uh, polymorph ending, or excuse me, the wild shape ending. Because if you turn yourself into an animal at just the right time, you will be that animal during a cutscene. And someone they managed to finish the game while everybody was like cats. And the entire <laughs> ending triumphant sequence plays with everybody as cats and the camera adjusts. So it's like low to the ground and all these heroes are having wow. their conversation, but they're just a bunch of cats talking on a on a talk. So and, this is just a and, Silent Hill game yeah. is what you're saying. It's like it's an existing ending, but the models were all, all swapped. So I remember reading that even Larian was like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess you can do that. <laughs> I will just say like, yeah. One of the things I think is very interesting about this game, too, is, and, like, a lot of people got came into it with, like, were the companion, right? And what's mm. wild to me is, like, I've very much, like, um, I think that D&D, the D&D weird action game that came out, what was it, like, two years oh, ago? Oh, Dark Alliance? Yes. Which was Another, like, great. long span between the second and third games. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dark Alliance, um, too, which was originally Baldur's Gate. They dropped that from the title. One cannot mm, help but right. notice. Yeah, right. Uh, it was a dress like, game. Like, that was just... Yeah, the, but yeah, that's, that's the one thing. It's point. like, I remember, like, when that game came out, and I just remember, like, I think you tweeted, I was like, hey, man, I don't give a shit about the official lore characters in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, Dungeons and Dragons, the stories I make. Hmm. When mm-hmm. I played this game, and then, like, I'm, like, talking to my friend, and, like, my, my buddy Brooke is like, oh, yeah. No, Carlac's an established character. Like, I have heard. Oh, like, there's a shoot. bunch in this like, game. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like, a bunch of like, famous Volo, characters in this game. Volo, yeah. who, like, you see in the Druid camp, like, who is this loser? I have He's got a source book. Volo yeah, book. Volo's yeah. kind of <laughs> the Elminster we all probably have heard about. Yeah, right? sure. yeah. Like Penny Arcade yeah. spoofing as, the Elminster as, as someone who, like, in the 80s and 90s subscribed to Dragon Magazine, read Forgotten Realms novel, seeing Damn. Elminster was a Hell trip. yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like, but, oh I mean, my god, I know who this is. Holy <laughs> shit. But that, that's the thing I, I love is, like, 
these characters like they felt so rich and enriching and like the story again like you said like not going into like full spoilers but like the story and evolution that shadow heart goes through mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. your your stories that you have with star uh, worshiper yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the stories you have with like asterion right and like where these stories can go and the fact that you may not even get that like i accidentally killed a star on oh no uh, when he went into the camp and did something that was untoward but i accidentally <laughs> killed the star oh, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. i just you know like there are still like elements of that thread but like i'm sorry you killed you him. that bites you that totally bites huh? man that, you, that bites nah. you there's a consent there's a consent that needs to be made well it's starting like it's kind of amazing like how many characters it's just like yeah if they were if they had visible alignments like they would be somewhere in the neutral evil to chaotic evil range oh yeah and yeah. and i love this quote from astarian which i think you only get in the dark urge path Look, I know I have a casual relationship with murder. I don't remember everyone I've killed, but I do remember everyone I've killed in the last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great line. I, award, so, award winner, uh, an award winning yeah. performance as well. Oh, yeah. By, yes. um, yeah. by uh, Neil I, I have a there. question for you guys. So there's a character that everyone was like, hey, if you make one path, you can't get this character, but there is a certain way to get them if you knock them oh, out. Oh, yeah. So, um, Minthara. Sure. Paladin, Minthara. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. I have Which has been updated. This, now you don't have to do ex- that. But yeah. This is an example of how this game works. So, like, when I fought Minthara originally and knocked her out, I took everything off her, including her clothes and underwear, right? So later when I encountered her in the game, during those cutscenes, she is buck-ass naked the entire time, like, pleading her case. She never and thought to get a new set of clothes. I couldn't tell if that was, like, on purpose or, like, because I had stripped her of all her belongings, like, she just didn't have clothes. But That's it was hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I did a very similar thing to myself the first time I played. I, 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 had, I had rested up right before I go to the Goblin Camp for the first time. And... I don't know what I clicked, but like, I think I was like looking at like equipment or stuff and I go back in the game and then here's my tab, butt ass naked walking up to that goblin <laughs> that has the fucking like a warg next to him. And it's just, the scene's just happening. She's just naked, just right there in the <laughs> camp. Just like, yep. I'm this goblin camp. I'm just you, right you never want to walk up to a goblin naked. Their teeth are right there at just yeah. the right level. You got to be careful. And that whole thing translates into combat when you yeah. can mm-hmm. take stuff from people and you can do one of my favorite experiences ever it, early on in the game. There's a part where, you know, you kind of get traps sprung on you and there's undead that appear. And in that moment, when I first did it, I was like, oh, damn that. Okay. This is a fight. Second playthrough going back through. I was like, I know these guys are coming to life. So mm-hmm. I'm going to walk over take all the items off of them. Mm-hmm. So when they sprung to life, it was just dudes with no equipment I trying to fight that. me. And I was like, this is so much easier. Yeah. Those kinds of moments happen so often. The time. Yeah. That's, there's that's, a, there's a similar one. Uh, you know, again, I guess if we want to avoid spoilers, there's a similar one involving shadow heart and sort of a, a trial she goes through where, uh, if you, you can do a similar thing where you put the, the enemy on tilt by doing a, a little bit of an inventory swap, and it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. and the fact that the game lets you do that yeah. and lets you, you know, if you go into the goblin camp, there's so many videos that exist of people just putting down 800 barrels mm, or yeah. putting fire. <laughs> and it, the game just lets you do that. And then you can make some of the best videos you've ever seen of people just 
1812 overturing the entire damn place, and it's amazing. <laughs> I just I just read a, a post actually just before we sat down and record about somebody who was playing. This is they were playing on honor mode, so uh, already everything's a risk. They had been summoning Scratch, the 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 world's goodest boy. As one of the characters' familiars. <laughs> the dog familiar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. They decided to hurl one of those exploding barrels, at which point Scratch's behavior thought, oh, we're playing fetch. Oh, no. Oh, no. no! Started running at the hurled <laughs> barrel. The player character fires a crossbow. Yes, giant explosion. Everybody dies, including the party and the dog. Total wipe, honor mode, done. <laughs> Question for, for everyone here. Did you find Shovel? Not a Shovel. Shovel. No. no. Is that a not yet? Character? I'm only I'm only so, at the end no. of Act Two though. So yeah. Oh Shovel is early Act One. Here's the thing. Oh boy. As you play through the game, there's you know, Scratch is a is a lovely, mm-hmm. cute bestest boy. Mm-hmm. And there's other characters you can have that will come to your camp. Yeah. But early on, I'm not gonna say where, but in a coffin, you can find a scroll. <laughs> and that scroll appears to be like a normal, you know, there's normal summoning scrolls that if you have different characters you can learn or whatever. It's a normal summoning scroll for a like a creature, like a creature you can summon, has nothing special about it. But if you summon that creature, a little tiny impy dude named Shovel appears and is just like, hey, I'm Shovel. I'm looking for my master. Wait, you're not my master. Well, my master called me Shovel. You can call me whatever you want. I guess I'm on your team now. And he's permanently attached to your side the rest of the game. <laughs> Shovel as played by Danny. Exactly. Exactly. Is, is this a rude tells of I know exactly what scroll you're talking about. It's so I open the scroll I, and start blasting. I have, I have like... 200, almost 300 hours in across three campaigns, and I finally started a Jesse the Evil campaign just to, like, do be my worst. This is the first time I've ever seen this damn thing. I was like, how the hell? Yeah. It's well, that kind of game. Yeah, and another one like that, there's been headlines somewhat recently about the, the clown quest in the third act where you got to collect, like, all these dismembered pieces of this <laughs> right, clown. Right, right. He's in, like, Christ. a dozen pieces spread around oh. the city. I did not even know. I didn't even know that was in the game. I went to the circus. I did stuff there. Didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, the, just the sheer volume of what can happen yeah. is. Yep. Oh man, and, and I I love that they. I don't think this was in the the first early access, but they added the origin characters, which basically like okay, imagine Mass Effect, and you form relationships with all these characters. Now imagine you can have. You, you can start the game not playing as Shepard, but playing as Rex. Right. Or... The com- you can have the companion be your player. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. you can just be, and and I think that's awesome. And you get different dialogue options. Although you know you can still be a created character and switch control to one of your companions yeah. and have their mm-hmm. the dialogue options. That's one way to break you... the game, by the way. Like any saving throw, if you go mm-hmm. up with one character and you fail, yeah. you can just check, cho- basically choose a different character and walk up and try the same saving yeah. throws over. Yeah. Although they again. do, like again, keep vague there is a there is a saving throw slash dice roll moment just before the final encounter that is the coolest use of the of the dice roll i think i've, I've ever seen and mm. i'll just have to i'll have to leave it at that but just when it came up on screen i went that that's awesome what mm-hmm. fantastic like mechanical storytelling <laughs> you know not anything narrative not anything a character was doing strictly just just a, a meta role kind of thing where i went wow you're saying something with this and that is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah i also like um going back into like the being able to switch and do like the campaigns and like the dark urge i think it's like really cool especially like as someone who i did not like my first but that's my first bioware game wasn't Baldur's gate right it was kotor but then like i've gone back now since like when 
like this was coming out, I was like, oh, let me try one and two. And like being able to see characters that were in Baldur's Gate one and two mm. and then playing like some of their origins. Like, cause like when I was playing it, I was like, well, I guess like they're like, it's in the Baldur's Gate area, but it doesn't seem like Baldur's Gate. But then playing, playing a character and then like, oh, this is where it connects. Okay. Mm. Like it, it, it just made me like look back and be like, man, like I, like as soon as I finished it, I was like, man. Is there a way Larian could do Mass Effect? Like, like not mm. like not me. Like this is not me. Like being like crappy to Bioware, but like I loved playing a role playing game, and I want the Mass Effect experience in a role playing game. Or like if Larian could do Kotor, like I want this kind of an experience. You're, you're not alone mm. in that. I've seen a couple op eds ex- about exactly that. Yeah. People are saying like, I, I think the new Dragon Age is. I think the new Dragon Age is fucked. <laughs> There, if it's an action, if it's an action, if it's an action RPG like how Inquisition, like if it's going more in that route, yeah, I don't think that's going to. I don't like. I think it's going to. People are going to look at it negatively because they're going to see something like this and be like, mm-hmm. why can't you do a role playing thing? That's what we mm-hmm. loved about those Bioware games and like, like where where Kotor taught me how to play three point five. Uh, this game is going to teach somebody how to play. 5e even like yeah. the because i think like even in early access they had the racial they had the racial like for each cl- uh each race that you had your stat bonuses and they got mm-hmm. rid of that and they kind of did the 5e thing that they've been going to now it's like no yeah. you just choose a primary and a secondary mm-hmm. like i think like and i and i think like with people if you picked up this game and let's say you struggle with the combat because i do think like there is some things like it it is it is trying to teach you to learn it as you play yeah. and to make those mistakes and fail like you would at a table. But once you get that combat, once you know what you're doing, and once you realize like, here's what I can do for this bonus action, it sets stuff up. Man, this game could sing. Like it's mm. like the combat is just so great. Like I um I I finally ran a paladin in the game, and like once you get to like level four, oh, and smites. I got my smites going, yeah. and I got like <laughs> man, I was just like. Let's go. Like, like I'm just. It's so. It's such a great way of of easing people who have not tried D and D and getting into that combat and learning how those combats work, or mm-hmm. not even doing those combats at all. Like, I mm. love that this game is just like what your D and D experience is. We're going to try to replicate that for you. But it also does baby's first D and D in a way that really expresses that it's more than just combat. It's 170 hours of cutscenes and dialogue and talking with mm-hmm. characters and learning about characters and experiencing the world and everything from each time you rest and get a new newspaper. It's a different newspaper. Like those kinds of things are huge. And I think what it does great as a gateway into the D and D world is it lets you be a character, play a character and have role play moments without the stress of trying to act in front of people, mm. you know, because yes. that's always yes. awkward to be like, <laughs> I'm Logan, the paladin. It always <laughs> seems weird the first time. And it's and this lets you do that without feeling embarrassed. And I think that's huge. Yeah. It even like, I'll say this too. Like it made me a better DM playing this game. Like I ran, mm-hmm. I ran yeah. a, a, a two, yeah, I ran a, a two shot not long after finishing it. And I literally went in with the mentality of like obviously you know I outlined things so that as I was as I was playing with my friends there was a structure but I literally was thinking as they were going through it like okay what would BG3 do in this sense not like what would it do but how much would it leave the door open for these things to be done you know what I mean like just truly sure. just letting go and just seeing what was going to happen you know I, I will say there's one point in this game that I think is probably the lowest point out of all of it 
there's a choice towards the end where it feels like a false choice. No matter what you do, the game drives you towards that endpoint, and mm, mm. it is the exact the exact same thing happens, but it feels like no matter what choice you make, you're like, okay, all right. The aftermath is widely different. There's many, many mm. endings, but that mm. one moment, I I thought I was doing something different, and it just ended up being the same thing. And I was like, well, okay. And I looked online, and it's there's it's roughly two choices that give you the same thing in the end. That then leads to other mm. things, but it's that one mm. moment. It made me realize what we were talking about earlier. I think uh, Chris was saying that sort of like telltale, that vibe mm. of just like, well, this wasn't even a choice at all. And it made me appreciate <laughs> the rest of the game and how many amazing choices there are because that didn't feel like a choice to me mm. at all. It's very important that you have the freedom to choose the only option left remaining to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it was Raphael said. I mean, because, because most developers aren't going to commit to making stuff built around things the minority of people are doing yet it was core to this experience and yeah. it's so strange it really is so I, I don't know what message this sends to the games industry but we'll see if it sells a little more i think it's are they around around 10 million copies yeah. something like that i yeah, mean wow. it definitely it definitely raised the crpg bar like no question yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you think- i mean i i spent Sixty dollars on this game twice, <laughs> so like <laughs> you know like i i'm doing my part uh but i i do think we're gonna see more and like here's here's the thing that i will i'm always thinking about because like i'm not sure if they're going to end up doing dlc which that would be kind of cool man larian's take on stroud because that's going to be the thing that you mm. want to push that's yeah. the thing that's going to be that's the that's the that's the million dollar thing that comes yeah. through and people are going to be like oh yeah, like because like Stroud is the campaign, you, right? Yeah. Like that's and you the... drop it, you drop it around Halloween, get the Curse of Stroud mm-hmm. stuff going. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, you... that that's it. I don't know if this is just like a me thing, but I would love to know what you guys think. The there are like moments in gaming where from that point on, you're like, all right, if you want to keep up, you got to yeah. change right now. This, and it feels like a, yeah. like yeah. World of Warcraft yeah. was one of those. League mm-hmm. of Legends was another one of those. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Witcher Three was another one of those. And this feels like even more so because it's like the whole RPG genre. It's like, yo, if you want to keep up, you got to change. And going back to Bioware or Bethesda or whoever wants to make a game, it makes them feel old, like 10 years old. And it's kind of like, I don't know, guys. This came out around the time of Starfield, and I feel exactly that. That that, That was my thing. It's like I went went to give Starfield an earnest try. And I was like, I've been playing this game since 2008. I can't. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's just like, yeah. I, I just can't. What, are, what is the criticism I heard of Starfield the other day? Um, most of the quests are, this could have been an email. Said <laughs> 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 you wander the galaxy. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Baldur's Gate, I'm just walking into this grove because I got a thing in my eye. And then there's this kid who might be getting killed by a druid. And that starts off five other things like that is just i think i think yes when you compare to starfield which everyone who listens to this show knows my opinions about that game is like the bethesda games used to be good enough in that they offered choice because choice was so rare in games like just the fact that choice was there was like okay that's novel and neat Mm -hmm. obviously like teal said we're kind of over that they've been doing that thing since 2008 and i think the big difference is Baldur's gate is like no this is how you make choice matter and how you make mm-hmm. choice fun in a game. And so mm-hmm. it's like it, it, you can't just have choice. Choice by itself is, you know, agency well, yeah, they, they, choice. They made it a point to not call it a morality system. 
because mm-hmm. that was yeah. kind of basic. If you think about everything they proposed 10 years ago, what that was supposed to be, it'll change how people react to you. Like, not right. like this. Like, like the <laughs> very rigid, like, faction slider yep. kind of thing, yes. you know? Where people look at you as bad or good. It's just, it, it, like, not to be pluggy here, but 302010 just wrapped up the 20th anniversary of a Lord of the Rings trilogy. And just as a young dork, I remember those were unfilmable throughout most of my life. And then those came out and blew everybody's mind. D&D was sort of ungameable or and something. Yeah, some uh, unadaptable in, in this interactive medium. Unholy? And, <laughs> and, and, and now the, like, it feels like the dam has burst open. Like, what the fuck is the next one going to do? Yeah. Holy shit. Makes you think, I mean, I know we, you talked about, you know, Bioware's, you know, uh, uh, Larry and Ate Bioware's lunch on this. Makes you wonder what Elder Scrolls Six could be as well, you know. Like I was gonna, the, do, when I, do, we, do they take another couple of years on that now? Because the com- again, the bar's been raised. You know, the conversations I heard about this game is how I remember everybody talking about Skyrim, like these yeah. utterly unique yeah. experiences that don't happen in the same order. But I haven't heard anybody talk about a, or a Bethesda game like that in years. I would say that's all- kind of the thing. Bethesda has done it right; they've done mm-hmm. it with Skyrim, so they, it's very capable of of raising a bar as well. Skyrim you know? didn't but, have but, anything but, new though. Sky- Mar- they did it with Morrowind, and then they, they mm-hmm. just. Refine that yes. formula. Yeah, about Skyrim was was the re- Skyrim. Yes, Skyrim was Morrowind on on console. Yes, like, from Morrowind to console. Oblivion to Skyrim, it's yeah. a refinement. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, but and um, then they've been making yeah. though that game for yes, 15 over years. and over. Yeah. 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 So really, I mean, sometimes literally that game as well, right? <laughs> Skyrim. Yeah, true. But, uh, true, true. Really, honestly, the ultimate question is: Will Arian get to make a new Jade Empire? Ooh. Ooh. I loved. I loved Empire. <laughs> I just wanted to pull out just the the most left field Man. game of the year. Jade Empire. There it is, folks. You have yeah. to I was be a, oh, wait, IP I, I just lying on the floor. Somebody game of the year, twenty twenty eight. Jade Empire from, I, uh, from I what? What ask, Western dev ask. wants to handle uh, <laughs> Asian lore? Please raise your hand. Who were people's uh, uh, romance partners? Mm. Uh, in there, and I think that is the the other thing is like the romance and who are people's romance partner. I have, I will say this: I have tried multiple times to romance other characters. I can like Shadow Hearts just there. She's right there. What am I supposed to do? So. No, no, no. It's all about Mama K. Carlax the winner. I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Carlax said she was going to ride me until I saw stars. Um, <laughs> yeah, Carlax. That's all I want in life. The, the, I'm not going to say easiest, but the most receptive to that. Uh, I noticed, like Gail, easiest also... has a little bit of a different implication yeah. there, yeah. and that would be a st- if we're if we're picking one who's the easiest, it's a but, star. But, and let's like, no, Halston is the easiest. Gail also All right. no, really there you go, seems yeah. to want to fuck me, and like I had to kind of back. I was like, I thought we were just having a magic lesson, dude. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, Touch I, his weave, a... Michael. Touch that. <laughs> weave, I, I had a similar thing with um. So one thing that was great about this, and actually the same thing happened with Elden Ring. Uh, the folks in my D&D group, we RP'd as our D&D characters. There were no clerics, awesome. so I had to play a slightly different one for my current character. But I was playing this uh, this barbarian who was just not at all interested in any sort of romantic anything. Like, he's just pure whatever. And so I had a, it's kind of a similar thing, Michael, to where Gail was like, we were under the stars. He was ready to go. And, you know, my character had to be like, oh, uh. I thought we were just going to spar. Like, all right, bye. <laughs> sorry, dude. You're cool, but uh, I'm not in anything. Gail! See what I did there, Chris? <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which is a shame because I, I've seen at least a screenshot of Gail gets some sort of, like, chain mail negligee at some point or something, which is, like, an incredible look. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's wind it down. That is our game of the year for 2023. I do yeah, want to leave it how on. How cool is that? It's it's a game that's like almost not impossible to spoil, but like your experience, you couldn't follow any of the experiences you just heard if you tried. Right. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> we could all name 10 things the other person It'd be hard say. to recreate a spoiler for yourself. Yeah. I do want to play just because I, I poked around YouTube finding like, oh, I can't believe they put this in the game or they knew you were going to try this videos. And I think this one popped out is my favorite when Astarian bites Lazelle. I am not averse to your kind, Astarian. Queen Vlakith herself dwells in undeath, and she is no less revered for it, and no less alluring. But sweet as my blood is, it is not for the quaffing. Luscious as my meat is, it is not to be dined on. So much as smack your lips when I'm near, and I will sever you piece by piece. I'll leave you to guess which piece I plan to start with. Mm. Yeah. Great performances. It's <laughs> all around. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. That's our game of the year. Baldur's Gate 3. Who knew? I never heard of it. Never even heard never, of it. Never. Never. We're going to conclude this with the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Uh, the question of the week on everybody's minds right now is, what is your personal game of the year? And you have heard us count down our collective games of the year. But what's everybody's number one? I, I think for me... Uh, I'm going to go with mm. Baldur's Gate 3 because that's the game that I... It's not the game I've spent the most time with this year, but it is the game that I want to spend more time with the mm. most. I, mm. I think part mm. of the problem is that it's like, this is not a game that you can just pick up and play. Nope. Like, There's you, no bite-sized moments in no, this game. You, ha- you have to have no. like, okay, I'm I'm committing a few hours here at least. Kind of like tabletop art role-playing. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have three to four hours set yeah. aside. Just yeah. plan on it. So that that's... it's. The size of it is a little bit daunting, and you know sometimes it's like, well, you know, I don't really have time for that right now, so I'll play Super Mario Wonder instead or, or something else. But uh, but yeah, how about you guys? I mean, mine mine's pretty easy as far as this is like what we voted for, right, or what made the list. Yeah, what's what's personal number one? Whether personal it made the rem- list or not, Remnant Two, just because uh, I not only played the shit out of it, I played the shit out of it with multiple friends and reconnected with some old friends through playing it. I played it over a hundred hours and it's I don't think it's anywhere close to a hundred hour game but it has enough fun and variety by re-rolling stuff I'm sure you heard us talk about it this episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. very very good challenging very very solid combat fucking great man I don't want to just give the same answer as Michael it probably is Baldur's Gate 3 but Lame. it's I mean well it was really tough cho- to choose between that and Zelda yeah. Like, uh, Tears of the Kingdom was... <laughs> I did forget it, about Zelda. <laughs> I played so much Zelda. Yeah, that's it's the thing. So <laughs> hard. It's so hard to think back because it, it was beginning of the year, right? Yeah. And so, like, but a lot of... I think what I realized over the course of recording these is, like, a lot of what I love about Baldur's Gate... There, there was a lot of similarities between Baldur's Gate and Zelda in what they do and what they let you do as a player. Like, there's, there's games that give you agency... But these games go beyond that, and they say, well, mm-hmm. break the rules of our game. And in fact, here, we encourage you to break the rules, and we've, we've, we've thought of that, we've accounted for all this, and yep. actually the right way to play those games is is to break rules. Like, and, mm-hmm. and so they're games that simultaneously can make you feel really smart and then really dumb sometimes. Like if you if you brute force through a problem and then go back and be like, ah, the solution, one of, one of the hundreds yeah. of solutions was that simple. And 
So I, um, yeah, I mean, both are really special games, but man, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, like, when I saw the trailers and stuff for Zelda, I'm like, man, this, this looks kind of like a glorified expansion pack to the game or something like that. The trailers didn't do them any justice at all. But I think, I think that's one of those cases where they did want us to be surprised, and like, the fact that it's like, oh, this game has three overworld maps, basically. No, and, I, I oh, remember, this, yeah. The, the trailers didn't tell you anything, and yeah. you guys were like, I'm going to play it. I don't need to see this walkthrough. I'm like, I think you need to see this like 10-minute corporately narrated, because this is the thing actually telling you what's in the game, not showing you cutscenes. Yep. And, and, and that's super important, because you will not get a sense of this game through cutscenes. Yeah, and w- one of my favorite things about any game is where they just sort of drop you in the world mm-hmm. and point you in a direction and the Zelda games are really good about that. Most Nintendo games are not. Most Nintendo games want to hold your hand the whole time, but the Zelda games are more like an uh, Elden Ring which is kind of like yeah, figure it out, man. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's there's going to be a lot of cool things you can try and um we're not going to help you that much. I mean, that's what the internet's for. Go yeah. fucking look up a guide. I I, I think part <laughs> of the reason maybe Zelda has faded from our minds a little bit is once you figure out how to make a sky cycle yeah. Like yeah. getting around just becomes so fast and easy that it's like the world sort of loses some of its appeal. Like a I, little bit. I mean, those uh, things still kind of fall apart after a uh, while. Yeah, that's or they true. sort of. And they, they yeah, but they're I don't easy know to about conjure. You, but... And I think the f- most fun thing about them is watching them fall from the sky, break, and then you can just make another one. But it like you could fly so high. And you could see the game struggle a little bit. Ah, I can't handle loading these zones one mm-hmm. after another because I'm not supposed to enter from this height this quickly. And it does anyway. This fucking 12 gig game. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it never breaks. It never ch- it chugs just a, just a skip. It's, it's and that's it. sort of amazing what it's able to do with, mm-hmm. you know, this, this technology that's it's basically, you know, comparable to a Wii U from 2012, maybe, maybe a little bit more capable. Yep. And, and that's why I think personally gameplay for me will always trump graphics. Um, mm-hmm. It will always just like, and, and that's what Nintendo has always been good at. Right. And Zelda is the mm-hmm. perfect example. Like Chris said, it's like 12 gigs. It's not, it's not a massive yeah, game. It's not a hundred gigs, insane. 200 gigs. And the the amount of content it packs into that is just really really fun and um, yeah, there's nothing like it. And I do again, I, I hate that we sort of have this inherent recency bias, but it's it. I want when you guys know that our number one was Baldur's Gate. Please know that like it was right there neck and yeah, neck with Zelda. It was, real <laughs> like, close. It was mm-hmm. this might be one of the closest years between the top two. So. Yeah. yeah, everybody was kind of in consensus with Zelda and Baldur's Gate three. Mm-hmm. So mild recency bias, but who cares? You understand. It feels like Zelda already got the award for me, and I'm like, I gotta talk about this again? Oh my god. <laughs> How much more can I say about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what yeah. what what sounds can we run that we haven't already? And I do I do believe I can place our mid year game of the year awards as part of the reason I can't remember how much time has elapsed between anything. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's part, part of my own personal time distillation. Yeah, didn't didn't we do that already, Game of the yeah, Year? It, yeah. Yes, that is exactly how I feel all mm-hmm. the time. But yeah. to Zelda's credit, it was released within like a, like a week of Jedi Survivor. Mm. I fell through the world so much in that 160 gig game <laughs> as compared to the 12 gig game. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so much, so many performance weird issues and glitches compared to Zelda. So it just shows you what the Nintendo charm is really all about. All right, so let's turn it over to our panel of esteemed guests. Before mm-hmm. we do, if you want to answer, if you haven't yet, you can go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. You can ping us on Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky Bisky at VG Apocalypse with your answers, and we will read them not on next week's show, but on our first show of the new year. So let's turn it over to the guests. Let's start with you, Jesse Cox. Let's be real. Baldur's Gate 3 is 100% game of the year. It just is. But personally, man, I, I love me some Alan Wake 2. I just love the Remedy verse. It's my favorite universe to goof around in. It's so much fun. So that is a personal one for me. I want to sign off on that because I just started it after our game of the year discussion and I'm really mad that I didn't champion it harder. <laughs> and... Uh, and once again, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you, etc.? Just Jesse Cox all over the internet. It's, it's me and a male model, and uh, that's about it. So <laughs> Nice. You know, I think I stole all his stuff, though, so take that, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TL, what is your personal game of the year? I mean, to echo Jesse, Boulder's Gate is the game of the year. But for me personally, Street Fighter VI. That mm. game has been so good. Playing online, the the netcode has been really great. Um, yeah. I think it's a great entry place for people who have never played a fighting game before. I think it is everything that was wrong with Street Fighter V, they fixed in droves. That game is mm-hmm tremendous like i love that game a lot cool and where can people find you they can find me on the internet turbo bison on stuff tl foster on other stuff i podcast welcome to the thing live from the pool house turbo bison.com boom there it is and tony wilson i think we got your answer last week but has it changed at all in the past seven days (laughs) no no it's not to also echo jesse exactly love Baldur's gate 3 mine is also alan wake 2 hell yeah Uh, it is a it is a uh complete media experience one that i truly just have not seen done like this from any other dev before like i mean how how did they make live action work that good how did they do it i don't know but they did oh it's uh yeah incredible fantastic and where can people find you yeah uh, best place is youtube.com slash framework video find all of my video essays there i can guarantee at this point i've covered something you're interested in okay ryan herrig how about you Honestly, Lies of P. Really? I loved it. I loved it. I I beat it. I'm on New Game Plus now, and it's one of the most fun, atmospheric, sweet Timothy Chalamet running around as Pinocchio, <laughs> beating things up. He really should sue them for that. <laughs> he should. My favorite thing about that, it's the one spoiler I was comfortable saying all year. I don't know if you finished Lies of P, Brendan. No, I, I haven't. I'll show you the only thing that I have that uh, g- keep, keep going. It I really the, want to play it, though. It has the gall to tease at the end, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like That's where it's going. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, Wizard of Oz Souls oh uh, with the playable door. Like It's the weirdest teaser I've ever seen. Like I hope... I believe the ruby slippers belong to MGM and still are subject to copyright. Nobody tell these European developers. <laughs> oh, Lord. Nope, oh, yeah. Lord. This is yeah, Liza P was the most fun. And it, 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 honestly, I've, I have I love Bloodborne, and I've, I've played through it a few times and enjoyed it. But there's something about Liza P especially with the react <laughs> controls and everything and how it how it flows and the i just i just loved it i don't know no I, i'm totally with you because but it, i felt like 
It didn't bring a lot of new shit to soul, the Souls genre, but it was refined and gorgeous. And is ultra, ultra playable and gets rid of a lot of the bullshit I think uh, From thinks is really important, but is really just obtuse and keeps people out of... People like Brendan happy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I need to play it. It's it's actually... I have a list, a long list of games that I did not get to this year, because how could you? And like that's number one. I really mm. want to play it. All right. And once again, Ryan, where can people find you? Well, actually, I want to do a shout out that Zanzizi features Michael on our season one finale, but also my band Glassfield's new single Black Flowers is out as of this episode dropping. So please check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, all places. There's a music video up, everything. We went all out. Yeah. I heard uh, Salt and Peppa meets Cannibal Corpse. It's exactly. It's, it's, Wait, what? This is awesome. Wait, you got it. What was this called again? It is. It is heavy. Glassfield is the name of the band, and the song is Black Flowers. You are talking I mean, to a big Kingsfield fan. So I'm Brendan wearing. Might, uh, I'm wearing a dry bones looks like dark throne shirt so well we Uh, do have a singer from still remains in our band but oh my god what yeah okay this is all right i'm glad we were on the segment together (laughs) there you go (laughs) anthony abbott our own bruce wayne brady over to you my personal game of the year has got to be street fighter 6 yeah so for 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 the games that i did get to this year there's so many good ones the ones that i did get to play i spent a lot of time with but street fighter 6 as a big fighting game fan, uh, I feel like Capcom kind of, this is exactly what they needed for this franchise. All the issues that 5 had from launch throughout the life of that game, I feel like they took 6 and directly were like, okay, 5 didn't have much single player at launch, we have a huge robust single player mode for mm-hmm. you. The online was an issue. We have solid online, we've done like extensive betas and everything. They kind of addressed any issue you had with 5. Not only did we fix and address those things, we put time into this and we put a lot of other stuff into it, like the game in general. Like, it's got a very cool style, like the new drive system mechanics. It's also really good if you're kind of a casual fighting game fan or if you're new to it. One of our friends who never really plays fighting games, she started playing this with us this year. And uh, she kind of got into the game enough to where she was being really competitive in about a month or two from doing tutorial and playing with us. So it's even kind of like welcoming people back to play, you know, very casually. But it's also deep enough for like esports and FGC. The Battle Hub, where you've seen people make these insane, yeah. insane creations. It's fun to even watch. Stuff like FGC commentary tracks. There's so many things. It's packed with features and everything has a purpose. Street Fighter VI is just fun. It's fun to watch. It's just, I think it's one of the, the best games in a year that's stacked full of them. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had interest in a fighting game in general, just watch people play. It's even, it's even fun to watch. But, uh, it takes you back to what they did with Street Fighter 4 to where it's just a solid game overall. Definitely deserves your attention. Yeah. Plus it has that weird Yakuza create a character, learn fighting game moves. Yeah. yeah. Game mode. Where you can, yeah. I, I love that. It's just like, yeah, wander through a town, beat up anybody. Yeah. Like anyone yeah. you see, you can just Kick punch the shit out of like yeah. 18 Lisa Loeb's. They'll, uh. they'll, they'll thank you for it. <laughs> I mean, I dropped, I dropped a quick 80 hours in this game. And the last time a I did that was Elden Ring. Like, when mm. I say quick 80 hours, I mean in, like, the first two months or three months. And oh, like, wow, okay. Elden Ring was, like, the last time I just sat down like that. Like, how long have I been playing this? And it's just, yeah, and no other game that I played the rest of this year got as many hours out of me uh, mm. as Street Fighter Six did. Only because I probably didn't get to Baldur's Gate yet. Mm. So, yeah. But Street Fighter Six definitely at the top of the heap for me this year. 
got to get to Baldur's Gate, man. And where can people find you once again? You can find me on Twitch or on Twitter at Bruce Wayne Brady. Also on Blue Sky at Bruce Wayne Brady 44. And, uh, Someone yeah, got well, it actually, before you? I don't know what happened. I, I logged <laughs> in, made the account, and I'm like, who possibly took my name on this yeah. platform? What the hell? More than likely, if you see Bruce Wayne Brady, though, it's me. So, oh, right. uh, But yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again for joining us. And Steve, you did answer this question last week, but do you have any updates on your answer to your game of the year? Uh, no updates. I Yeah, definitely still check out Chance of Sinar. I really loved that game. But, I mean, you know, I, I will also go to bat absolutely for a little game called Spider-Man 2 uh, for Alan Wake 2, which really surprised me. A sequel yeah. to a game like I was kind of lukewarm on that really sort of melted my brain. I put a lot of time into it and had a great time. And uh, I am still working my way through Baldur's Gate very slowly. Uh, that's That's been a hell of an experience, especially as a D&D newbie, it's a pretty great way to um, introduce yourself to that world. Nice. And uh, once again, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Minotaur Matador. That's where I do most of my social media posts these days. Um, and I'm on the podcast uh, Cinemarcade, where we watch the movie and then play a game based on that movie. And I'm on Puppet Master's Castle Freaks, which is a horror movie podcast all about mm. the films of uh, Charles Band, your Reanimators, your puppet masters, your from beyonds, things like that. Um, your demonic of, toys, the a lot of way. demonic toys, beach mm-hmm. babes from beyond. Lots of lots of great trash. It's a it's a whole lot of fun. Brendan Hesse, you also answered this question last week, but do you want to expound it all on your game of the year for 2023? Yeah, I gave myself a few days to think about, and I mean, it's it's still Zelda. Like it really is. I think. I think there are a lot of games that were really good this year that I absolutely love, but it's just, it's Zelda. We'll, we'll, we'll work on you yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that's awesome. And uh, once again, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at Brendan underscore LH or at YouTube.com slash The Crawl. Last but not least, George Albor, you were also a guest last week, but has your game of the year evolved any? It has not evolved. It's still Baldur's Gate 3. I was playing it today. I was setting up a date to play this with friends I just reconnected with, and this game came out like four days before Baldur's Gate, and they were all like, yeah, and then no. Yeah, sorry, oh. Chris. Bye. <laughs> and then, Baldur's Gate, a game that has co-op that we haven't even tried where, like... Yeah. yeah. So I do... Oh, in fact, I'm skipping out. I'm recording right now. Instead of doing my normal Thursday night Baldur's oh. Gate 3 co-op session... Oh, we're keeping you from Ooh. it. Oh, thank Strongly you, recommend playing Baldur's Gate 3 in co-op. It's really fun. You may have to do that. I, I know that that's what held up the, the Xbox version for a while. They couldn't mm-hmm. get it to work on Series ah. S. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, oh. it could make it even more our number one. Yes. <laughs> they, would have, they would have heard that by now, right, Mike? Yeah, I'm they, would have, they would have heard that. They have no idea what game you were talking about, by the way, Chris. We've, we haven't yeah, talked I, about I Remnant 2 that. in hours. I, yeah. <laughs> I recognize that now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And George, once again, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me wherever you find podcasts. I host the Experience Points podcast, so give it a listen. All right. That's been our show. Thank you so much to all of our guests who helped make this another memorable two episodes. You've heard our games of the year. Now tell us yours. Go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Answer the thread there. Or ping us on Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky at VG Apocalypse, and we will collect answers and read them on our first show of the new year so how about you guys my my co-hosts is there anything this is our last real plug of the year is there anything that you'd like 
people to know about before we sign off? Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Hopefully we got a Godzilla show up. A bunch of other hundreds of bonus shows. How you support the shows. We thank you so much. Hearts, have a great holiday. Have a great break. Yes, and and go Mm. listen to the the ordering, the show where we decided all of this stuff once again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, It's it's the perfect complimentary piece. You you might think of it as the DLC to our top 10 of the year. Although I, I'd say it's vital, it's necessary. It's it's you know. This you is, want to know why I still don't like Matt? You got to listen to those shows. It's, it's there. It's a manipulative asshole, show. and he always gets his way. A- alongside Apocalypse <laughs> Skydens, where we spoiler cast things like Spider Man yeah. Two. Alongside, mm-hmm. you guys have been killing it with all the '80s shows this year, yep. Chris. Mm-hmm. And there's there is there is so much content up on the Patreon that it, there's uh, we don't cover it enough. But like mm-hmm. that, you know. There's a lot there for you and a lot of new stuff, uh, newer of this year. So so check it out. And if you, I guess last last official show of the year, last chance to plug it, like if you were a Patreon subscriber who might have fallen off or something, like it's a perfect time to come back. Uh, there is so much stuff there and new stuff that uh, you won't believe. So go to patreon.com slash laser time you got to be at the five dollar level to get access to the good yeah. shit mm-hmm. uh we always appreciate though if you just want to give us a buck or whatever do that but five bucks is where it's at folks come on now yeah i believe we're going to put up a sample of the ordering next week because we won't have a regular mm. show we're, we're taking that week off but we will have a little something to to keep you coming back and we will return in 2024 so mm-hmm. that has been our show. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Have a happy New Year, everybody! Happy Yay! New Year! Love it when Michael gets all Kermit. <laughs> yeah. Uh.